Welcome to Booked, the lockdown edition. I say that because that's what it was on my calendar. I don't know if that's what we're actually calling it or not, but uh, I'm Lydia Snudden. <laughs> and I'm Rob Olson. Uh, here we are. It's been a while since we've done a live thing. I think, what was it? Was it Christmas? Can it be it that be long Christmas, ago? yeah. Yep. Yeah, which is like three years ago by my count. At least that's yeah. how it feels. Um, and the lockdown edition, obviously everybody knows we are... Um, Shelter in place order in the state of Illinois and probably most of the country because of COVID-19. So we're being responsible and not meeting in person and obviously wearing um, the appropriate gear. PPE. PPE. Personal protective equipment. Get the get the facts straight there, buddy. Get the terminology right. Um, this is uh, this is as close as I typically prefer to get to people. I unfortunately have had to work um, in public this whole time, so this this mask is becoming like a like a second face. But it probably sound a little muffled, right? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm I'm done with it. All right, what what is that that's on yours, by the way? Oh, it's a. Uh, so I'm wearing it's a Three Floyd's Distillery. I'll just take it off and show you. Three Floyd's Distillery bandana i got it free when i ordered some whiskey so <laughs> well people people who order whiskey online <laughs> probably use that type of bandana is my thought on that i'm yeah. not i'm not 100 percent sure on that i've used it to rob like four places now yeah exactly that's what everybody looks like oh my god like, misty just commented it on our thing and said you've never looked more handsome gentlemen i think that was because we're covering yeah, our faces I, mm-hmm. think? yeah well yeah i mean that's okay we'll I see, I all see. i know is i'm weeks past due on a haircut so it's yeah it's getting a little it's getting a little unruly dude on the other hand i got rid of most of my beard so yeah beard uh, game strong beard game i you know what um it never really i liked the big out of control beard until like i'd be um like the other day friend of the podcast jesse like FaceTime called me and I was just kind of laying in bed and I like, you know, you see yourself laying in bed and I <laughs> looked like I looked like I had just finished a lengthy and well-deserved prison sentence. <laughs> like well, when I, I mean, when I see myself like that. So yeah, uh, had to tr- no, tr- no, no thoughts, no thoughts on going to like that kind of close beard. Like, you know what I mean? Not like, not like five o'clock shadow, but you know, like the super like neat clothes. No, nothing. No, well, I mean, on the sides, it's about like half yeah, an inch, really, yeah, three quarters really of an inch. Yeah. So, um, mm-hmm. the the chin gets a little bit longer; it tapers out. But um, yeah, on the sides, it's like three quarters of an inch. Usually, is what I trim it down to five eighths of an inch. There you go. Yeah, so that's a that's a two on the guard, right? Do you use the um, shaving? Mine actually just has the actual. Um, oh, gotcha. The distance or whatever. Um, it's like on the wrench when you see. The millimeters and the yeah seven eighths or yeah. whatever yeah yep yeah the <laughs> imperial system right yeah is that yeah yep. mine's very imperial um yeah so listen the world is obviously really strange um I know we're not the first people to talk about how strange it is but I want you to explain something to me I've been seeing these I mean meme is a really strong word because I don't understand it and they mostly look like garbage what is the um, penguin house classics. <laughs> <laughs> meme that's gone. Can you explain? I honestly have no idea. Um, I honestly don't either. I've been seeing so pretty much every author um, has gotten a hold of that and done their own book covers. Um, 
And I don't know where it came from, um, but yeah, it's everywhere. Like you look, and I actually did one. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if I told you this, but I did one. No, I did um, not know. Uh-uh. I'm going to try to look up and see what the origin of this is while you're looking that up. I did one for a book that no one will ever read. That's a hint for you of what. Oh, oh, I think I'm pretty <laughs> sure I know what this is for. FCJR, fuck Caleb J. Ross. Caleb, if you're listening, fuck you. I sent that to uh, I sent that to him and Misty earlier, and he 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 responded, "Ha." He responded, "I had to put down my uh, my video game to <laughs> to look at this." He's like, um, "Let's see, Penguin Random." Actually, took me a Penguin Random House. Yeah, I don't know. If anybody knows, drop us a line and let us know. I'm super curious as to where that started. Yeah. Well, there's a whole and there's a whole website you go to that's just like a penguin book club um, meme generator, and you just type in the title and you upload a photo, and it does it for you. So uh, they keep yeah. they keep trying to send us those Penguin House classics. By the way, I don't know yeah. if you've been looking at the email, but like every second or third day, they're like, "We have a new." book from a hundred years ago we'd like to send you right and so uh, yeah hey, nobody got time for that um, no no many new books coming out i i do want to note um since we're live everybody knows what day this is but this will probably also be a podcast episode later so i want to point out that today is uh, broadcasting on a holiday the, t- the time-honored book tradition and that holiday is probably the most important one mother's day it is Mother's Day, so happy uh, Happy Mother's Day to any moms that are listening, any uh, potential future moms, any, uh, I don't know, like if you're like previously a mom, I don't know, that's probably, that's probably not a, that's probably not a direction we want to go, but yeah, it is definitely, a, it's a holiday, so we don't have a whole lot going on, Rob did have a couple of ideas for some, I don't know, fun games that uh, that we're going to play, I'm sure some other discussion stuff will uh, will come up. I am going to be launching my uh, candidacy for the mayor of Chicago because I really need a haircut. And apparently, if you're the mayor of Chicago, you can go and get your haircut, even if there is a lockdown. So uh, all that and more um, this evening on this special live lockdown edition of Book. Yeah, us bald, us bald guys, we just get out the clippers and vit and like you're done. It's so it's so tempting to just like. Take that clipper to whatever the highest part is, start there and see how it goes and then yeah. go lower and lower. But I'm I think I'm a little too vain for that. You, yeah. You people with hair, it, it, you can do it, too. Like, there's nothing stopping you from just, just getting rid of all of it. Like, just go there. I don't know why you leave it to us bald people to actually be bald. Yeah, I'm going to um, I think I'm going to not do that. But the night is young. And I might have yeah. some wine, and who knows? Who knows where where this is gonna where this is gonna take us? So Ooh, actually, I'm drinking something themed to this conversation, kind of. It's called Wig Splitter, and it's a coffee stout. You have to wonder how they come up with a name like Wig Splitter. Like there have to be so many names for beers that they absolutely right. can't. Like they have to look it up and be like, oh no, like pig fuckers already taken. God damn it. What else can we, what else can we do? <laughs> it's like a giant beer name database or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to get tough. The longer, the longer you have to name things, the the less names are available that are original, I think. So, yeah. hey, can I ask you another question? I know we, this started before we started on the podcast. What is the thing on the wall up to your right? Where's my right? Yeah. 
No, that way, the other way. It's up on top of your bookshelf, oh. and it looks like it's moving. Wait, is it red? No, go the other way. Turn, turn, turn. Look above your bookcase. Where? Up here? Yeah. I can't see. Oh, I have a TV up here. Oh, okay, is the TV That's on? Like, yeah. Okay, because like every occasionally I see the colors like change or move. <laughs> yeah, there's like a screensaver. Gotcha. I'm going to turn that off. Yeah, no, no big deal. I was just curious. I thought maybe you had some kind of cool like uh, motion art uh, masterpiece up there that I wasn't familiar so with. There, now it looks like a TV that's turned off. Yeah. <laughs> I was so confused. I was like, nothing's, I shouldn't, nothing should be moving. So if there's something behind me moving. You're freaked out. Like, what's that thing moving concern? behind you? Oh, yeah. shit. Um, so, uh, one of the, one of the, um, games, I guess that Rob came up with is kind of interesting. So we have picked, um, each picked 10 books that we have previously reviewed and, uh, we are going to have the other person try and guess from the first line what that book is. So I don't know if you want to go into that now while we formulate what else we're going to do tonight. Um, yeah, we could, we, yeah, we could do that. Um, I want to say I had a couple ideas, and we're piloting those ideas right now. So they might be terrible. They might be not interesting at all. Um, but uh, I don't know what else we're going to do, right? Correct. I am going to keep score for us. Oh, yeah. Although I have a strong feeling that one of us has a much better memory than the other one. I've got one, of us, <laughs> one of us might say things like, is that even a book we reviewed? Come on. And then the other one will have to provide documentation. So in choosing mine, um, I tried to go for uh, a variety. So some of them are going to be easier to, to, you know, and other ones are going to be more difficult. But like the whole goal is we don't really talk about first lines in books. Right. So some of them are pretty fucking impressive um, or they should be or. Sometimes maybe they're not, and that's also entertaining. So we'll see. This might be boring. Who knows? I feel like I should get a drink. Should I get a drink, Rob? Ooh. Uh, yeah. Get get yourself a drink. So do you want to We're do my... the St. Julian Vineyards Late Nights, which has been my favorite wine of late. Um, for anybody keeping track, this is 10% alcohol, which is... Guaranteed to have a fucked up Livius within the course of this podcast. Sounds like a sexy drink, too. Late nights. It's delicious. Glug, glug, glug. I don't have an ABV on this. I don't know what my alcohol content is. Is that even legal for them not to put it on there? They don't have to. Interesting. All right. I'm going to go first. Now, I did only pick... Wait, Rob will love this. I did only um, have nine books because math is not my strong suit. So basically, I grabbed <laughs> the first book on my shelf that I knew we reviewed. So I'm going to start there. This one might be pretty easy. Get the old man readers on. Before you jump into it, are we going to do my complicated point system where we can get uh, hints? Or are we just going to go straight yes or no? Um, I think we're going to go yes or no. And looking at some of mine, I've decided that just the first sentence isn't enough. You know what I mean? So read yeah. whatever you think is fair. Damn it. I heard, all right, go on. Oh, 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 that You probably put all yours in like a dock, right? You don't have the books? Okay. 
this one is terrible. So I'm going to give you I'm going to give you just the first line because this is the one I picked off the shelf and I didn't think it would go this way. So let's see if you can get this one in a closet lives a little blue kite. Seriously, <laughs> it's a little blue kite, blue kite. Uh, Mark Daniel. That is that is one point for Rob. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, that was the one when I said just grab the closest thumb, like whatever's here. <laughs> so there you go. All right, one point for Rob. Yeah, mine right here. Are we going to do back and forth? Yeah, we'll alternate. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pretty sure you're going you're gonna to get this one, um, even though this book we talked about quite a while ago. <clears throat> the purple Cadillac came to a stop, and the Italian poet Dante Alighieri stepped out of it onto streets that were constantly sighing. Time pimp. That is time pimp. Good job. Time pimp. Nice. Um, I was going to try to go for the bonus point by remembering who wrote that, but. <laughs> I don't think I have a copy of that myself. All right. Never mind. Let's move on. Um, number two, as I sneak a book into my lap, we have. This is fun so far. Larry was late to the porn set as usual. Yeah, it's last projector. <laughs> last projector it is. By David James Keaton. Do you yeah. still didn't you have a big like poster size thing of that I do. Book cover? Yeah. I do. It's one of the faves. All right, my my go. I think you'll get this one. Or at least you'll have a good idea who wrote it. A wide, grimy blade. Cuts into a neck hard before we can look away. The blood welling up black around the meat. The sound wicked and intimate. I'll see it again. A wide, grimy blade cuts into a neck hard before we can look away. The blood welling up black around the meat. The sound wicked and intimate. You're muted, I think. I don't have it. No? Do you any no. guesses on who wrote it, at least? <sighs> okay, so is this... Let me ask a question. Is this a novel or is this a short story? It is a novel. All of the quotes that I have are from... They're all novels. novels. Okay. Um, no. <clears throat> I'll give you the author first so that then you can figure okay. out which book it is. All right. Okay. It is Stephen Graham Jones. Oh, uh, Demon Theory. No, sir. No. Um, 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 shit. Wrestlers and Zombies. What was that called? Zombie Bake Off. No. <laughs> no. God damn it. All right. There's only like eight more for me to guess from. <laughs> I I, I'm going to, I'm going to pass. I'm going to pass on this one. Last Final Girl. Last Final Girl. That makes, uh, that makes a certain amount of sense. <laughs> All right. All right. I have a chance to move ahead now, I think. You do have a chance to move ahead, although I don't know if you'll get this one. This one might be a little tougher. This is pretty goddamn crazy, Hanson thought, but he didn't climb down. The chain link fence surrounding the football stadium of Lincoln High School shook as he made his way upward. Ugh. Yeah, see, I, I thought this one might... I didn't put them in any particular order. Just when I glanced over, I was like, I don't know if Rob will get this one. And this is a book that I read, because there's two that... It, it is. 
you reviewed without me. So this it is, is for I, sure a book that you read. Uh, I actually remember our discussion vividly about this book. I mean, I can go farther. I just don't think if no, you don't have it for no. that, I don't think you'll get it any farther. Um, I got nothing. All right. It is by Richard Lehman. Is it? Wait. So was it the um, the Black Rain one or whatever? Yes. Yeah. One Rainy yeah. Night? Yep. One Rainy Night evidence that that's what i was reading from one rainy night oh that's the one that jesse gave you as a gift right correct so um uh still two to one your lead okay this next one very very short as a boy i wanted to be a train rail c good thinking though i never would have thought of that good thinking uh, that is no not it. no what is it? How? What other? Uh, oh, I'm not even going to give you a clue. So I'll just tell you. It was Machine Man by Max Berry. Ooh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes I thought there was enough sense. there to like, but the train yep. thing, yeah, I could see why you would say Rail C. I think this one might be too easy, but Keisha Taylor settled back into the booth and tried to enjoy her Turkey Club. The Turkey Club did not make this easy. Oh, see, I thought that would I thought the name would be easy because that is the protagonist in this book. So that's a little bit of a hint. The fact that there's a woman protagonist. Fuck. Um, I got nothing. I don't know. Alice isn't oh, dead. Damn, I never would have guessed that either. Very good. Very nice. Yep. Joseph Fink. Keisha, I, I did. I opened it up the first thing yeah. I saw. I was like, ah, it's her name's in the first line. I'm like, this is too easy. And I thought, bah, we should mix it up, make it easy and well, a little more difficult. Pretty sure you're going to get it, get this next one. I hope so, anyway. All right. <clears throat> Located in Griffith Park, a 4,000 acre stretch of land featuring two 18 hole golf courses, the Outry National Center, and the Hollywood Sign, the Los Angeles Zoo and Botanical Gardens is more of a rundown tourist attraction than a wildlife conservatory conservation facility. Is it zoo? It's zoo. <laughs> zoo. All right. Two, two, yeah, man. We're all evened ones. up. Yeah. That is, that is an easy one. I, I felt when I was looking through the books, I was like, Rob's totally going to do zoo. Like it, in my mind, this one I think is going to be difficult, but um, all the same, it is a book we did review. Although some time ago, I will give you that. On a dismal morning near the end of a wet October, Arvin Eugene Russell hurried behind his father Willard along the edge of a pasture that overlooked a long and rocky holler. Arvin Eugene Willard. Mm-hmm. A rocky holler. Mm-hmm. See, this is where I think hints would be helpful, but... Um, uh, I will say that we ha- we uh, we did meet the the author of this book. If that helps any, I mean that would you know narrow it down a little bit, like in person. I'm just gonna throw it out based on what I think you might have on your shelves. I'm gonna say um, "Devil All the Time," Donald Ray Pollard. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a good, yep, yep. <laughs> Damn it! That's three good. to two. That's your stuff. lead. All right. Knock the next one out. Um, I don't know how you're going to feel about this one. This might be really easy or fucking impossible. 
In 18th century France, there lived a man who was one of the most gifted and abominable personages in an era that knew no lack of gifted and abominable personages. I will tell you, I just watched a probably 20 minute video on how the person who wrote the movie wrote the movie Perfume. So I'm going to go with Perfume on that one. Exactly what it is. I think I was I telling you that that I was watching a series on how they wrote it. Yeah. Um, What a beautiful fucking book, man. All right. I'm going to give you the first two paragraphs on this one. Oh, my God. Don't expect this to be the kind of story that goes and then and then and then. What happens here will have more of that fashion magazine feel, a Vogue or a Glamour magazine chaos. I'm sorry. Let me take that again. A Vogue or a Glamour magazine chaos with page numbers on every second or fifth or third page. Perfume cards falling out and full page naked women coming out of nowhere to sell you makeup. That's tough. I knew this one would be tough. I honestly think I would have gotten this one, though, if you picked this book. No, nothing. It's a Chuck Palahniuk's Invisible Monsters remix. Yeah, I can see the voice of it now. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep. Uh, well, All right, still, still, still three to two. Your lead. I'm in the lead? Yeah, uh, this, you're this, in the lead by one. This next one's not going to help you out at all. I'm going to tell you that much. <clears throat> The first thing you should know about me is that I'm very handsome, nice, smart, athletic, and funny. Um, that's got to be like the Richard Thomas autobiography. <laughs> no. Smart, handsome, funny. I, yeah. I would never get this. Nope, I, I don't have it. That is Dodgeball High by Bradley Sands. Oh, wow. That was one of my more obscure. But it's got that bizarre I would say, kind of like over the top yeah. kind of feel to it. Clearly, neither one of us is any good at this. And no. I don't think you're going to get this one either. <laughs> Graduation was supposed to go like this. Mac and me on the stage waiting our turn to snag diplomas. The gym is packed and I look into the corridors of the bleachers, into the drawn curtains of the stage we're on, into the faces of the crowd. Some of them staring back through the glass eyes of camcorders and cameras. And I remember all the little things that brought us here. Escape of light. So I want to tell you that when I read that, I thought he's going to say the escape of light. But it yet it is. Oh, fucking other Fred Venturini book. Come on. <laughs> I swear I looked it up and I read it and I looked at the cover again because I also thought Escape of Light when I read that first the first like paragraph. Ooh, so uh, <clears throat> that was a little bit of a misdirection on my part. Very well. Well done. All right. Um, now I'm feeling bad, like because I don't think you're going to get this one either. No, I'm going to change the energy. I'm positive you're going to get this one. All right. It's you're not going to get this one. It's my understanding that naked women don't generally tend to carry knives. This one we did a long time ago. Could it be by Jed Ayers? No. No. Then I've got nothing. Lucky Bastard by S.G. Brown. That was a long, 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 long shot, so I apologize. No, 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 that's okay. That's all right. Um, Still three to two as we're continuing to be terrible at this game. Uh, Let's see. Yeah, we suck at this game. Good Lord. 
This one, I'm only giving you the first. Well, it's the first line, but it's the first like eight words. Pumpkins left out to rot, turn into vampires. Pumpkins left out to rot, turn into vampires. Uh, should I get this? I, like, is this something that you I, like, I will oh, tell yeah. you? I would have gotten this, no problem. Turn into vampires. Yeah, what were that, that memory that you were saying I had that was way, way better than yours? No, I'm coming so, up blank on this. Honestly, if I read this on the internet, I would think, I wonder if Joshua Allen Beach wrote that line. And that's strangest proportion. Complete with toe tag, by the way. Love that Complete guy. with toe tag. Hey, that guy was published in the book anthology, the shirt of which I'm wearing right now. I almost, uh, I almost went with the book anthology as one of our, as one of our books. So, all right, three to two. Let's uh, let's wrap this up. I think we're there. Um, yeah, I've got. You have two left. I've got three more, and I have two left. All right, let's see what we can do with this. The theater is my only solace, the warm, unclean bosom of the stage. Um, so this is that shitty book that we just reviewed last year. Now, this is an older book. Way back in time. You got to go back. Oh, my God. The theater is my only solace. <sighs> Who famously was all about theater? I have no idea. Amanda Gowan is the only thing that comes to mind. Well, think of a historical person who wrote a lot of... Oh, like Shakespeare? Oh, so... um, Shit, I still don't have anything. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was thinking about um, that Shakespearean mystery, but I can't think of what it's called. Yeah. uh, Yeah, Is that that the one? Yeah, I don't get credit for that. I, Uh, I can't remember. Rotten at the Heart by Bartholomew Daniels, yes. which yes. is actually Daniel O'Shea. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I couldn't come up with either of those names. <laughs> All right. I'm going to mix up the last two of the order so I can hopefully keep one out in case I catch up. So I'm going to leave what I think is the, t- the <laughs> tougher one. I'm going to give you the whole paragraph. I met another party, this one in a Beverly Hills brick colonial revival mansion just off Wilshire Boulevard. It's not exactly Graceland, and this sure as hell isn't Memphis. But I have to remember that I didn't come here to indulge my own fantasies. Should I be getting this one? I don't know. Can you I don't me, know. Can you hit me that? Can you get one more time? Yeah. I love this game. Back open. Uh, <clears throat> And then I'm, I'm going to go a little deeper into the next paragraph, too. I'm at another party, this one in a Beverly Hills brick colonial revival mansion just off Wilshire Boulevard. It's not exactly Graceland, and this sure as hell ain't Memphis. But I have to remember that I didn't come here to indulge my own fantasies. It's a select crowd, lots of familiar faces, and everyone wants to shake my hand. I get stopped by Dick Clark, Jackie Kennedy, Onassis, Onassis Liberace, and Starsky and Hutch, among others. Hmm. I just gave you the entire plot of the book. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hang on. Big egos. S.G. Brown. Yes. Big egos. I and never, yeah. look, an advanced uncorrected proof that went missing for did like you, two years. Did you have to pull that out from behind a dresser before we started recording? That's where I keep that one, clearly. All right. The next two, you're probably going to get. I, I'd be surprised if you didn't get both. This one you will get. It's kind of. This one was my. This is a gimme. 
Pawn shops in Night Vale work like this. I'm going to go to Welcome Welcome to Night Vale. Yeah, Nailed it. Nailed it. Now, that puts us at four to three. And you said that the last one is a gimme. So I'm going to ask you to go again so that you can end on, if you get this book, I was going to hold it up, which would be a really bad idea. But uh, Well, the, the one I have, I think you'll get. Okay. So you want me to go again? Yes. It was a cool, quiet November day in San Francisco, and Alphonse Rivera, a lean, dark man of 50, sat behind the counter of his bookstore, flipping through the great big book of death. Now I just got to remember the goddamn name of it because I know exactly. <laughs> what it is. And we just talked about it with Christopher Moore the other day. I'm wondering if it's shit. Can I see it? It's a. It's yeah. I I I know exactly what it is. It's about the guy who becomes death. I just can't think of what it's called. And we just literally just interviewed the author like a week ago, less than a week ago. <laughs> That's it, right on my finger. God damn it. You know what? You should get a 1080p camera or a 4K camera. I know. I apologize um, for that. Yeah, no, no. It, it came up in conversation. This ties it up if if, if I get this one. And uh, I don't have a copy, so I'm not looking. I don't literally have anything. I know I don't have it. Um, <clears throat> That's the thing. When, you, when you're talking about an author's got... 17 books all like the titles kind of like um death is in the the title am i right on that am i wrong on that oh wrong on that (sighs) you're gonna win this one i'm gonna i'm gonna have you um go ahead and give me the title because i don't think i can come up with it so it wasn't a dirty job it's the one that came after it (sighs) no all right secondhand souls Secondhand souls. All right. That puts it at five, three. No, that puts it at four, three, because I missed that one. And you have a chance to go to five, three if you can get this one. I don't think you'll get this one. Superior memory helping me out here. Um, Actually, I'm going to read you quite a bit of it, too. I hadn't spoken to Whitley Lansing or any of them in over a year. When her text arrived after my last final, it felt inevitable, like a comet tearing through the night sky hinting of fate. Then this is the text, so if it sounds weird. Too long, WTF, hashtag not cool. Sorry, my Tourette's again. How was your freshman year? Amazing? Awful? Seriously? We miss you. (laughs) Can I say Escape of Light again? You can say, yeah, absolutely. You can say Escape of Light. Uh, I don't know what it is. It's a Never World Wake by Misha uh, Pestle. Yeah, I never would have guessed that, but that was an amazing and, book. And you know what? That would have been like the last one you gave me. I'd have been like, oh, oh, the one where they're in that weird dream world, like yeah. living the same day over and over. But I would have never come up with the name if you would have pulled that one. All right. So the first ever first line challenge goes to Team Rob, four to three. Nice job. I'm very excited. That was that was kind of fun. That was kind of fun. We do have another game we're going to play a little later. It's going to be kind of a one sided game. Um, because I was not able to take the rules of the game and apply them to anything clearly. So take off the old man glasses and uh, <laughs> talk about some other stuff. All right. All right. Yeah, see, this would absolutely don't have a script. Here's what I do want to talk about. <clears throat> I absolutely fell in love with the television program over the last two days. 
Um, I don't think this is for you, but I will tell you how much I enjoyed this. I watched the television program and then I purchased the audiobook and I'm now listening to the audiobook of the TV show I binge watched over Friday and Saturday. Um, Hulu has an original um, that's some kind of collaboration with the BBC something something called Normal People. Have you heard of it? I can't say that I have. It is a, um, I don't know, called slice of life type show about two uh, kids in their late teens and their relationship. And it kind of is a little bit like vignettes. It jumps forward a few months and you see where they're at in this kind of uh, bizarre relationship that that they have. Um, some of the best acting I've seen in a while. I don't have their names handy, but all of them, this is like their third thing they were in. I mean, they're, they're not big actors. Um, but I enjoyed it so much that I'm almost I think I'm halfway through the audiobook already, like 24 hours after finishing, well, 36 hours or whatever now after finishing the show. So this is an audiobook based on, based on a book from that the show is based on or it's an audiobook. I'm sorry. Of the yes. Show? Yes. It started out as a novel. I didn't think I'd actually get around to reading the novel with the, the reading schedule for booked. So I decided to audiobook it since I now have a much longer drive to work. It is a normal people. Um, by Sally Rooney, and it just came out in April of last year. Um, Dude, that was on our short list of best book of the year um, options to read. Oh. Remember when we did the mathematical thing? That's right. That's that why right. I knew the name. And instead we read Trust Exercise? Yeah. The book that two months later I didn't even remember what the plot was. Yeah, well, that theater, kids. That's when you said the theater is my life or whatever. That's, that's the book I was... <laughs> I was thinking of a stress exercise. <laughs> um, I will say, I don't know what it would be like to read the book without already having the characters and stuff in my head. I do feel like um, where I'm at and listening to the audiobook that I think I prefer the TV show because those two actors were just phenomenal. And although the narrator of this audiobook does a great job, every time she does a guy's voice, they just sound like really dumb. Like like every guy sounds like, <laughs> like a dumb Irish jock. You know what I mean? So it's it's a little it's a little tough, but Pass I got to tell you, a beer said Michael. Yeah, listen, my my girlfriend and I both absolutely fell in love with this show. I think, I, and I don't. Hmm, how do I say this? I'm sure that we love the same things, but I do think that this is the kind of show that if you were going to watch something that involves like a love story, I do think that a guy would be able to appreciate this more than say whatever rom com or like Lifetime movie or, or something like that. And there's nothing particularly odd or weird about it. It's not like when I was talking about that show, You, which has like the stalker aspect to it, yeah. which I also really enjoyed. This is kind of a straight up love story that takes place over the course of probably about three years. And I was absolutely fascinated by it. Hmm. So that's my recommendation. If you're looking for something um, sappy, that's uh, that's not too like chick lit. Um, normal people on Hulu. It's swallowing my water. Um, just water bottle appearance. There it is. Um, I'm continuing. Oh, I can't hear you. Are you? Oh. Oh. Yep. Um, how many seasons of Justified have you watched since I watched this normal TV show? None. So um, I have not. Okay. So I did. All right. So um, I, I rewatched all of the Predator movies. <laughs> Uh, in the last few days, just because 
I haven't seen them in a while. So, but um, I want you to know that in this week where we're not reviewing a book, I read a book. So, there you really, go. I did. I read a book. What book did you read? I read Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency by Douglas Adams. Um, I had recently gone through and rewatched the series, which um, for anybody who is knowledgeable about um, Dirk Gently, um, that it takes place after the books, um, Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency and Long Dark Tea Time of the Soul. Um, and so I decided I wanted to go back and read something I wouldn't have an opportunity, you know, I never, that I love, but I haven't read it in a long time. And so um, reread that, especially with like um, having read books now for so long with a critical eye i wanted to go back and see if there was stuff that i could like and honestly like i didn't gain anything more from like a story perspective but like i do have a lot more respect for just such a you know he's such a good storyteller so like recognizing that he um could keep so much humor in a book that has such high concept scientific stuff going on um was was pretty cool because like he talks about quantum mechanics a lot and um, time travel and a lot of sciencey stuff, um, even computer stuff like with music and waveforms. Um, but it's just funny the whole time. So, yeah, really, really loved reading it again. I just, um, I just googled how many books has Douglas Adams written, and I got the weirdest answer, which is at least ten. So I don't know if they just don't want to update that for a later time. But have you read all of his books? I guess that's really where I wanted to go. And then I didn't know if he had like six or 30. Like, I don't know. No frame of reference. So there was um, I'll see if I can do this justice. There's the Hitchhikers series, which was originally supposed to be three books and ended up being six. There's. Yeah, I know. Um, then there's Dirk, Gently Solicit Detective Agency, Long Dark Tea Time of the Soul. So that puts us at eight. Um he wrote a book called Starship Titanic um, later in life. Uh, and then there's like one or two more, I think. Um, I've read the ones that I listed, but there might be one or two other ones that I, I think he did some nonfiction stuff having to do with Animal Conservancy or something like that. I'm not 100% sure. So I've read all of his fiction, I believe. So it sounds like, yeah, that's I guess that was my question. Well, good. I'm glad. And I'm glad you enjoyed it. I have never read any Douglas Adams. I don't foresee that in my future unless I'm forced to through some Patreon demand of the podcast. Um, seems just too sci-fi for me. And I know I might be wrong, and I'm likely wrong, and I know those books are beloved. I'm just not sure that they would be so beloved by me. Well, I guess my question is, um, if you had to read something that was sci-fi, would kind of ridiculous humor make up for it or just kind of agitated? <laughs> um, I, you know what? It would probably help in that I, I feel like the, the story's written kind of tongue in cheek versus like super hardcore. Like I had people tell me, oh, you got to read Dune. Dune is amazing. I've had people tell me not necessarily science fiction, but same thing about the Lord of the Rings, the the Hobbit. Yeah. And all I could say about The Hobbit is if I really want singing munchkins, there's the fucking Wizard of Oz, and I can just watch that. Yeah. So, so that's what, Douglas, where I'm at with. what Douglas Adams does, which I think you would appreciate, is um, he uses a sci-fi setting to talk about real-life stuff. So, like, it's an exaggerated setting, but the shit that's going on is the same, like, BS stuff that we do on a daily basis. So it's like... Uh, sad satire kind of it's okay. definitely it's it's satirical 
more along the lines of like um like Kurt Vonnegut, like his stuff has a lot of sci-fi elements, but it's really just critiquing how horrible we are as people. Like mm-hmm. he's got more of that kind of approach to it. I um I did get uh to chapter 22 in Carpenter's Farm. Planning on finishing that this nice. week. 22 or 23 right around there. Um, one of the problems I'm having is that uh, I have to figure out a way. Like, you can't really download web pages, or maybe there's a way to do it. But I'm reading on the iPad. It's like sitting in my car, and I go to read it, and it's like web like it won't load the web page so so uh, maybe on my day off this week i'm gonna knock through that but that's next on my list before we do anything else for the podcast yeah we still don't have a, a firm next book although we have an idea we have an idea should we share our <laughs> idea for anybody who's paying attention is it it's the in, one right yeah in the thinly veiled attempt to get will christopher bear on this podcast ahead of his um reemergence into literary society um kiss me judas is what we're looking at doing next and really doing a deep dive this one i think would be a spoiler heavy review and not so much a uh spoiler free like if you haven't read kiss me judas yet i don't know what you're waiting for um it's easily in my top five books of all time um, when asked, like, what's your favorite book? A lot of times, instead of like really thinking it through, like I feel safe throwing that book out there and saying, ah, Kiss Me Judas by Will Christopher Bear. So um, if I sat critically and thought about it, it's for sure in the top five, but it's the, the first one that comes to mind when somebody asks. So if you're interested in catching our um, kind of deeper discussion on it, I'd suggest uh, picking that up. You've got at least a week, a little longer, even two weeks, who knows, um, to, to get it read. They, I'm assuming there's like an ebook or something. Is there? There what? I have an ebook, but then I, someone made me feel bad about Bayer not getting any money from the ebooks. Yeah, it might have been yeah. Justin. I don't. I don't think he did it on purpose. But yeah, it is. I'm gonna check and see if it's still available. Uh, Four ninety nine on the Kindle. Oh, you know, and I know the game we're playing later, but God damn it, I just saw that this book has some one star reviews, and we probably <laughs> need to address this. So when I oh I got I got autocorrected to miss me Judas, and on Amazon and it's all jeans. <laughs> so there's a crossover potential there for Will Christopher Bear. I'll I'll put on a pair of miss me Judas. Yeah, miss me Judas jeans. Wow. <laughs> um, all right, so let's see. Two, two one-star reviews. So, fuck. <laughs> Arturo, in, back in 2006, um, says, Pon- ponderous, pedantic, and pretentious. It's not so much that this novel is both immoral and grotesque, which it is, but that the love that is supposed to bind it together is so preposterous as to make the novel unreadable. I found myself giving up around page 100, frustrated by the all-too-precious prose and the absurd idea of a man who's had his kidney removed by a woman only to fall in love with her. I don't know about you, but there's only so far I can stretch a metaphor. Take away my kidney, and that's where I draw the line. There is an update... It was interesting to see how all the bad reviews of this novel received multiple unhelpful votes while none of the good reviews did. I wonder who the voters are. Can you say authors, friends, and family? Well, Arturo. Um, oh, maybe they did they get rid of the... Oh, you can only mark it as helpful. Because I'm not a friend or a family member of Will Christopher Bears, and I was going to mark it unhelpful. But apparently in the last 14 years, they have removed the unhelpful button. Hmm. 
Here's the other one. After the first chapter, I'm sorry, this one just says awful, also one star. After the first chapter, I was so disgusted, almost angered by how awful this book was. Cliché, yep. Predictable, lazy writing, you betcha. I typically don't write book reviews on Amazon, but I had to go out of my way to inform my fellow readers out there how awful this book was. Avoid. That was from Jelly Kit, who um, has reviewed some other things. Um, four stars for some fleece baby booties. <laughs> Five stars for a TCL 65-inch television. Um, this is back in October, so a little more recently. <clears throat> a toy hammer. Baby Einstein neighborhood symphony activity jumper. Uh, some people. She tried to order a Hanson Nirvana Onek fashion short sleeve t-shirt. Um, and it says they stole my money. Hey, we a should probably say shirt. Happy Mother's Day to her. Yeah, no kidding. She's definitely a mom. All right. Um, too Old to Die, or I'm sorry, Too Old to Die Young Season 1 got a two-star review from her. Unimpressed, another drug lord cartel story with crooked cops, yawn. Um, and a gym bag. <laughs> so there she's, you go. She's just been there, done that. Her life is more exciting than these uh cliched stories that she's finding wow wow i'm i'm look if there are like some three-star reviews like i get it but one star jesus christ that's uh it's pretty heavy yeah anyway sorry to derail all of that but yeah kiss me judas coming up on the podcast hopefully hopefully followed not that long after by will christopher bear who really, if you think about it, one of the reasons this podcast um, formed uh, has become what it is, is a little bit indebted to him and Craig Clevenger, right? Are you getting all you, you getting all choked up? Or like, your voice got a little yeah, cracked? Yes, crack yes. No, I'm not. I just need to clear <laughs> my throat. Um, but really, the, it all kind of came together around the velvet. Like we started our yeah. thing and then we got involved with the velvet pretty heavily and you know that that i think those were our formative years so we kind of owe a little bit of this podcast uh, to him yeah that's where we cut our teeth or whatever the saying is hey uh can i take a break and go grab a beer because i've been drinking for water like a like a sucker over here for sure like a sucker feel free to talk to for sure we got three people watching it was seven a minute ago so they got oh yeah. rob's leaving i'm gonna go uh, i'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure it's. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm one of them because I'm keeping an eye on the oh, comments. So, yeah, for whoever's, yeah, for whoever's tuned in, Rob's grabbing a beer. I just refilled my wine. Um, shout out to St. Julian Vineyards in Michigan and their late nights wine, my favorite wine um, over the last few years. Um, what have you missed so far? If you tuned in late, um, Rob bested me in a game of guess the first line of a book we reviewed, which is not surprising. The only thing surprising was that Rob did more poorly than I expected him to based on the fact that I can't remember shit ever. And Rob is uh, much better than uh, at remembering things than I am. Jesus, Rob, everything all right in there? And everybody else could hear Rob flinging beer cap bottles on the floor. So, I'm waiting for him to put his headset on. Everything all right? Everything all right in that kitchen? I think everyone heard some fucking beer cap bottles hit the hit the deck. I mean, I didn't, should I have muted myself? No, it was just it sounded like, like something little, bad went down. I'm a little chaotic in there. I'm drinking a Dreadnought. 
which is an Imperial IPA from again Three Floyds. Um, is that uh, it, that's not an Iron Maiden guy on the cover of that? Is it or on the cover on the Label. on the bottom? Yeah, uh, it looks like some like um, like robot kind of thing. Oh. Oh yeah, totally not what I thought. I thought it was Eddie, Iron Maiden's Eddie wearing like a prison oh. uniform. Nope, sorry. Wow, this beer is really clear. What did I miss? Did you say anything exciting that I need to know about? Nope, I kind of recapped what anybody had missed in case they were tuning in late. Um then I made fun of all the noise you were making in the kitchen. Did you really? Yeah. All right, well, I hope you didn't hear me say, man, fuck Livius. That's all right. I know you're thinking it, even if I don't hear it. Oh, yeah. What else has been on your mind? We haven't no. actually, so even on the podcast, like we talked about what we're watching, but that's about it. Like the last uh, last episode was an interview, and we came out of that pretty clean. Our uh, our Christopher Moore interview, uh, still super excited about that. Um, I did have a thought about that interview that we didn't get a chance to follow up on. Can we talk about the part in the interview where Christopher Moore said that stupidest angel was supposed to be the walking dead? Oh, that part. Yeah. Um, it just sounds like, so yeah. So, all right. So first of all, I'll say, so for, that was going to be the first AMC original is I, I think kind of what he meant by, by that. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like he's just been burned a lot, man. Like, well, he just needs projects in development yeah. and bought, but then never made. And that really sucks. Once Disney buys AMC, though, he's covered because AMC is the one that keeps going to him. So yeah. if AMC is owned by Disney, then there's no copyright conflict situation. To be honest, I, as excited as I would be, I don't know how well um, his books would translate. Like the slapsticky comedy that I absolutely love in print. I don't know if that would translate real well to the screen. It would take the right type of so like have you been watching what we do in the shadows yes yes and i love that's the kind of comedy that would need to be something in that style that's like almost kind of effortless you know what i'm saying like it's not like we're writing this for the sake of the comedy it's just funny like i don't know i don't know exactly how to describe it but you know you know what i'm saying i want to go back to christopher more but it occurred to me when i was watching this week's episode of what we do in the shadows that um which by the way i'm so excited that hulu just gets that shit next day like it's amazing <laughs> um somebody was sitting around watching the office and was like what if we did the office <laughs> just with vampires because that's exactly what it is it's yeah. the office with vampires and it's uh it's brilliant you did see this last week's episode i'm assuming the colin robinson focus one yeah 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 um, good stuff in there, like really good stuff. And I was really kind of, I was like, oh, they didn't give this guy a, like an actual episode, did they? Because let's face it, he's been an awful character. Well, he's like supposed to be tedious. Like he's no, like... I know, I know, but I, I feel like they could do something different with him and still make him enjoyable on a regular basis. Um, but they write him exactly the way he's supposed to be. So I mean, they're knocking it out of the park. That being said, he just comes on screen and he does have that effect. You're like, ugh. Nothing funny is going to happen in the next four and a half minutes. So um, the part that I thought you were going to bring up about um, Christopher Moore is when he called his graphic novel God Awful. And I wanted oh, to tell him that you said the same thing. <laughs> like it was so close to yeah. me. Like that's what Rob said, that that thing was a piece of shit. <laughs> that, yeah. And like, honestly, as a fan, as someone who's read literally everything the guy's done and enjoyed practically all of it, 
like, I don't want to say bad things because like we all do, like we all have that thing, like that just wasn't a good idea. And like, you can't hold it against the person. So like, why bring up the bad thing when there's so much? No, I know. I know. And I would have never done it. But the second he (laughs) said that, because you, you typed a thing, did you hear what he just said or whatever? And I was, I was so close to acknowledging that we know. This, this was me like he like he's talking and i'm listening and he said that and i just like like immediately relaxed because i didn't have to worry about feeling feeling like i didn't like that anymore because he didn't like that so it's just like oh thank god yeah so yeah but definitely a, a great interview and uh, a lot of fun if you haven't listened go back check out our last episode there it is there's that god awful and those are his words as the author's words that god awful uh graphic novel yeah um, but yeah, great interview, fun guy. Mm. Took us a long time to get him on, but I feel like uh, I feel like he had a good time, and we'll have an easier time next time getting him to join. Yeah, he said let's do this in a year, so um, he's the one that brought it up, not us. He's yeah, be- see, he's begging to get back. On. Yeah, yeah, you and I haven't really <laughs> talked since we did that interview too. So um, a sequel to Noir, I'm looking forward to that because I really enjoyed Noir. Yeah, it was. Um, it was new for him you know like that kind of time frame and stuff and really the structure of that story so and i really enjoyed it so i'm 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 happy that he's going that route it was funny when he was talking about um the taxi cab driver who doesn't like to drive and how it was inspired by the cannery row like the boat guy who doesn't like who's afraid of the sea that shit's i love i love those types of insights because in the book that cab driver was entertaining like memorable enough when he brought it up i was like oh yeah i know what he's talking about but when he put the flavor of like where that idea originated i was like fuck that's like 10 times funnier yeah i'm hoping that um publishing i mean i'm I'm glad that moore's book came out when it did because we were starting to run into some gaps um i just hope publishing gets back on board and starts releasing things and uh that we don't go another three months of pushing back title releases and stuff it's a little on the depressing side yeah it's a weird time right now i was talking to um jesse friend of the podcast jesse um the other night about um he even jokingly said hey with all the book titles getting pushed back and stuff like that you might want to double up patreon picks this year and i was like "Ah, i'm sure we'll be fine (laughs) but like he's got a point we'll we'll be okay (laughs) We'll, we'll be okay. Jesse's like, we're reading Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. <laughs> we always have this to fall back on. Winky. Clifford Chase. We do have we have Winky. Yeah. Oh, hang on. Yep. Should I uh do a little solidarity show right there? Boom. Winky. Well, you got me this book, so I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Such a great book. And and again, you know, like you had said about reading um Douglas Adams again, it'll be interesting to come back to this book that I read pre-podcast um, and yeah. see how I feel about it now. Um, but again, kind of a wholly original and a book that did not go the direction that I thought. And I guess we'll discuss this at some point when we review it. But it was really easy to see this going Ted. And this is pre-Ted, right? The movie Ted? Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, see it going the Ted direction. And it did not. It is a, it is a touching story um, about a teddy bear that uh, becomes sentient sentient teddy bears i changed my lights just to change the mood a little bit yeah i can see yeah yeah it's uh it's looking more romantic at your place i just want to publicly congratulate you on that photo of misty and jesse i know we talked about before the podcast can you slide your bike out of the way a little bit um uh, maybe there we go just like that that is some artsy shit there on rob's wall i'm very impressed by that photo for anybody who is either listening or can't really see that far 
Um, there's a painting on my wall. It's a painting. It's a it's a photo on canvas, um, and it's of the Airbnb that me and Jesse and Missy had when we went to Austin, Texas, in November of 2019. Um, and it's interesting because it's actually two separate pictures pieced together. Um, I took the picture of Jesse on a different day than I took the picture of Misty, but from the same angle, looking in the same direction. And um, I, I split them, I sliced them together so that they were in the room together for the finished photo. What Rob is trying to say is he spent a lot of time just laying on that same fucking couch, so he knew he had the exact same angle of just phone that's, on the chest. That's like, 100%. Like, <laughs> I am the guy in the group that takes all the photos. Like, uh, I, I will say that Misty probably does a little bit, but like, if we broke into the camera rolls of the three of us, like, I would probably have ten times the photos that they do, um, because I just take pictures a lot. So, yeah. But a- I've also at one point taught people how to use their phones to take photos, so I probably know how to do it better than the average person. Here's what I'll say: even as a composite, I mean, that's a great, that's a great candid shot. It's beautiful. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, I'm happy with that. I, I decided at some point, like, I was always the guy. Oh, Missy says accurate. I'm assuming that's about um, the number of photos I have versus everybody else. Um, I was always the guy who never had anything on the walls. I was that lazy bachelor dude. And um, part of it was I'm a lazy bachelor dude. But part of it was I didn't care to find art that, like, it's hard for me to use something that someone else did to like project my identity onto if that makes yeah. sense. So at some point I just decided I'm going to just take all my photos and put them on canvas. And that's going to be the art in my apartment. Well, but that's so what then ties, cause I've been in your apartment. What ties it together is that's all personal to you. Right. So you can go out and you can buy a fucking Picasso, right? Well, you couldn't, but you know what I mean? <laughs> like, whatever. You know what I mean? But then you're like, okay, so thematically, what do I have to do to, to keep this kind of tying my place together or my room together? And you see that you go in and there's some willy nilly shit on people's walls. And you're like, ah, individually, it's all cool. But together, it just looks meh. So yeah, yeah no, I like it. I like it. You've got that awesome one in your, um, in your living room too, which I'm not going to ask you to go. Um, but you've got another, um, cool. Mm-hmm. I turned my camera out for anybody who's wa- or just listening. I turned my camera a little bit so you can see the other painting, the canvas or whatever. That's actually um, the L.A. I wonder if I can. Yeah, that's an L.A. That's a. Uh, why is my brain going? Uh, Long Beach. This is where we're seeing in Long Beach. Uh, up on Stoker the, on the, Con. Yeah, Stoker Con. 2017. Yeah, uh, there's a rooftop balcony and it was like sunset and um, I was on my phone. My phone's illuminating my face. The sunset's behind me. It's just a really cool looking photo. So, yeah, I have a photo of myself next to a photo of my two best friends. Yeah. Um, have you watched? Uh, are you up on Killing Eve? The new season? Um, I think I watched. Yes. So there's three or four episodes. I think I'm up to the latest one. So I've only watched three, I think. Uh, but Linda pointed out that in season two, um, the character, I don't want to give too much away. Uh, the young guy, I don't remember what his name is. Kenny? Eve sidekick Kenny, yeah. yeah, yeah the yeah. Kenny's uh, background on his phone is a picture of him, which is really fucking weird <laughs> when you think about it. It's him in like a like a soccer jersey or something. And yeah, so that that's what I thought of when you got a picture of you on your wall. That's funny. It plays into my... Uh feelings of self-importance um i believe narcissism is the word you were looking for okay. sure. but i'm not like narcissistic in a in a 
debilitating way. Like I still have love and empathy for other people. Whatever's left that you don't use on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. They get the scraps, whatever's left over. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's, yeah, that's very good of you. Yeah. You ready to try this uh, Amazon game? I mean, we're already at the hour mark. I don't know how much longer we'll go. So the next one, I believe, is similar to the first one. And my understanding was that we were both supposed to find reviews that would uh, <laughs> that would lead us to guess what the book is. And I was reading review after review, and I was like, either it has nothing or it has way too much. Like, that's everything I was looking at. Either said, this book sucked, it was boring. Or it was like, um, you know, uh, oh, I love Pocket. Pocket's the best. I love when he pretends he's in a Shakespearean. It was just one or the other is what I was coming across. So I'm interested to see what you came across. That was really the challenge was um, finding. Because the idea is um, the Amazon review should give enough information again that like you have a reasonable expectation that you could guess it. Um but not just completely giving it away, uh, but also being entertaining. So, like, it had to have, like, three very distinct qualities. <laughs> like, not a lot of people writing reviews on Amazon have. I, I did end up... If you're watching... Ten. Good, because that's how I was going to go up. If you want to see someone go 0 for 10 on something, here we go. You're going to get at least a few of these, I promise. All right. Um, okay. Now, uh, for anybody who's listening or watching... Um, I did, this was all from books that we've reviewed at some point in the podcast. Um, the only modifications I will make to any of these reviews as I'm reading them is to omit the author's name or the title of the book. So I'll just convert Perfect. it to okay. the author. Or I'll convert it to the book. Like I sure. won't say, yep. Got it. Or references to other books that are associated. Like I will let get, let me get the scorekeeping journal out. So I can keep score on how badly I do on this. this All is, right. Uh, I am ready when you are, sir. And I didn't go like whatever star rating, like I'll, I'll say the star rating. I'll say when the review was done as well. Um, or maybe I'll reveal, reveal some of that after the guests. We'll see. Um, <clears throat> here's the first one. Um, <laughs> I thought this one might be a little, little giveaway. But then, like, then I start thinking about how many books have we read that kind of fit this mold. So it might not be as easy as you think. A robot-dependent Earth finds itself in trouble when the robots decide to take over. This book is the result. And what kind of book is it? A collection of after-action reports followed by an assault on Robot Mordor. I, it got kind of tedious, I'm afraid. So I think it's the sequel to Robopocalypse. It is not. No. Oh. But I like where your head's at. You know, I, I picture, I know what he's, uh, I'm pretty sure I, I remember the scene, right? They attack the robots. And there's like, I mean, like went on way too long at the end, right? Where they were attacked, like. Yeah, don't overthink it. If fuck. it's not, if it's not that, what should so, it be? Um. Because it's not Robo Apocalypse. Because it's it's beyond that, right? Like it's it's a post apocalyptic. Is it Robo Apocalypse? Yeah, it's Robo Apocalypse. That is a two out of five star rating. Um, yeah. Oh, I wish I had. I don't have the information of who said it or anything. Hmm. But um, oh, the title of the review is "Humans One, Robot Zero. 
There you go. All right. So I'm going to give you, you want, did you want to give yourself what kind of point you get like a half a point for that? Like you were overthinking it. I'll, I think I'll take a half point for that. Here we go. <clears throat> this one's titled if you need some excitement or just a good read. Seriously, who would give this book a bad review? It's amazing. I think it may have saved some sex-starved marriages, too, because I know when I get done reading it, I'm like, come braid my hair and handcuff me, LOL. I'm just saying, (laughs) it's a really good book. It's easy to picture everything, too, with how well she details everything. Uh, The male lead is so freaking hot. Like, why can't he be real? LOL. (laughs) Now... Again, this could go one of two ways, but I'm going to guess this is the original Fifty Shades of Grey. You are correct. Five out of For five anybody seven. who is not aware, we not only reviewed that, we reviewed Grey, which was the retelling of that story from the point of Christian Grey, the, the hot male lead mentioned in that uh, review. Um, let's pause here to talk about this inception thing that's happening. So I, I know I sent you a, a link because I, I was um, jokingly implying that we should review this book. But the more I think about it, the retelling of Twilight, we never had a chance to review Twilight on this podcast. The Morning Star book or whatever it's called. Um, Isn't that what it's called? Midnight. Midnight Midnight Sun. Sun. Yeah, same thing. Which is a stupid title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But let's follow this logically, right? The Twilight books started out as fan fiction of Fifty Shades of Grey. No, okay. and it got a lot of traction. I'm sorry, Fifty Shades of Grey started as yes, Fifty Shades of Grey started as fan fiction for the Twilight books, um, and it gained a lot of steam on. I forget what that site was where people published their stories. I don't know, whatever. Oh, it, it, um, it was a big repository. It's like li- li- something. Uh, li- uh, yeah, whatever. I know what you're whatever. About. Yep. But so then she goes and retells Christian Grey side of the story. And now Stephanie Meyer takes her play <laughs> and does it with Twilight and turns it into Midnight Sun. So I, I definitely think that if you refuse to do it, then someone's Patreon pick, someone's Patreon pick should totally be Midnight Sun. God damn it. Um, Misty, trust in you on this one. I'm going to say we should table it, but um, under the right circumstances, I think I'd be... The reason I would agree to do it, um, as much torture as it would be to read the book itself, would be to just kind of fucking unload, not only on the book, which I'm sure isn't that great, but also on the entire... um, You know what I'm saying? Like, the whole... Just to have a platform to shit talk, like, how fucking frustrating and awful the whole situation is. So, I'd consider doing it for that. I stand my original... I stand by my original statements on Twilight. I thought the series was cute. I uh, I enjoyed it enough. I didn't love it, but I thought it was I thought it was fun. So Misty posted that's a where I'm comment at. that's a skull, which to her means dead. Like I'm dead after whatever just got said. Yeah. Yep. Thanks, Misty. All right, let's go to number three. Sorry to derail right. that, but it was the perfect opportunity to bring up that midnight sun bullshit. I did not say no yet, so All right. I almost said the name of the book. Like I was looking at the name and I almost just said it. Um, The title of this review is Alice in Wonderland on PCP. Terrible. This book is terrible. I've read thousands of books and I have to say this is among the worst 10. It swirls in a confused state of Alice in Wonderland versus Inception 
and I fear the author is on PCP. The story is weak and winds frivolously around a basement with 83,014 doors without doorknobs. It tries way too hard to be weird and just becomes irritating. The prose is lovely, but the author's ability to craft a story is heavily lacking. I had not read their other book, which is reportedly much better. I don't know if I can stomach another book by this author, though. I could barely push through this mess. This review made me fucking angry, dude. You like, know I'm, the book, don't this you? Is, yeah, this is like the Kiss Me Judas reviews that I, that I just fucking read. The, the Starless Sea. Yeah. How the fuck did this? Is a, <laughs> it's a one star review. One star review of of Star That Sea. person, that person is a fucking moron. Like I, I get that everyone has their opinion, but I mean to really just that badly shit talk a book. Now, let's be let's be cautious about what we say because according to this review, that person has read thousands of books. So maybe maybe it is a piece of garbage. I'm kidding. It's a joke. <laughs> well, you know what? But I'm, I'm I'm trying to. So I'm trying. I'm trying to rationalize that though. Like, let me get myself a point before I forget. Um, <laughs> so if you've read thousands of books, does a great book become lesser? There's an argument that that could be true. Well, I mean, yeah. I guess if you read thousands of the, um, like, just out and out classics. Like if that's all you read, and then you came across the Starless Sea, which is a love letter to to storytelling. That that's where I, I I guess where my disconnect is with that. I've read thousands of books equals I really love stories, and then you read an absolute love letter to storytelling, and find it horrible. Well, I mean, I think reading so much like the what could happen is you become you begin to solidify what your idea of proper books are. And when someone does something that's experimental or steps outside of what you think a book is supposed to be, maybe you have a negative reaction. Maybe they're just a fucking douche. Like that could be the other. See, that's the one where I wish I, I we should probably look this one up and just see what books they really liked. Like <laughs> if, if you got five stars and then we have all the answers we need. Um, we could, we could, uh, I'm going to Amazon. Yeah, there can't be a lot of one-star reviews for the Starless Sea, so. I wish I had. I, I thought I took the names down, but um, must have lost Can I tell you? I'm at two and a half points out of three. That's not bad for I'm, me. I'm proud of I, I am proud of you. I will say that. You're doing very well. All right, so. Oh, man. I've got little windows in my way. I can't see. What was it? Alice in Wonderland on PCP. That's what the... Uh, Mm-hmm. How 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 many one star reviews are there? Um, there are out of fourteen hundred ninety three total. There is nine percent are one star reviews. Holy shit! That's like a hundred, like a hundred and thirty, right? Yeah, it's practically ten percent. So yeah. Um. Pretty, it seems like a lot, but I think that people, this was the, uh, the group, a lot of them are, that I'm seeing are the people who are like expecting Night Circus 2. So it's a little bit, all right, here we go. So Siempre is the name of the, the reviewer, the all-knowing reviewer who's, uh, 
reviewed uh, a, a vanilla latte, nine ounce. Great product, arrived, expired. This product is great, but beware of ordering on Amazon. Hours arrived with an expiration date three months back. That's fair. All right, so four stars to How to Walk Away, which is a novel. Reads like a Hallmark movie. You know what's coming. All right, so we know this person just doesn't want. That's four stars. We get it. Yep. Yeah. All right, never mind. Enough said. The Impatient Woman's Guide to Getting Pregnant is a five-star book. Oof. <laughs> oh, and the Tarot T300 Liquid Ant Bait Ant Killer Six Bait Station gets a five-star rating with Does the Job as the title <laughs> of the uh, the review. There you go. Not not to not to um, cut this person some slack and move away from them, but I know this is a tough question. But did you like? Do you remember if you liked the Night Circus better than the Starless Sea? Um, it's it's too hard to say because I read them like eight years apart. Yeah, but yeah. um, I feel like I have I I don't rate one over the other personally mm-hmm. in my head. They're just both very good by the same author. Well, they're very different too, right? So Night Circus was a linear fantasy. And this other one was a little bit more, like we said, kind of a concept novel, like a love letter to storytelling. So it's yeah. it's very different. All right. Okay. So screw that person. You ready for the next one? I am. <laughs> I'm going to be 100% honest. I took this one just because of the title. <laughs> just because of the title of the, the review. <clears throat> Animals Gone Wild. Is it Zoo? <laughs> yes, it is. This book was a suspenseful page turner. From beginning to end, left me wondering what would happen if animals went wild. Um, could we handle it? Could we make the sacrifices we had to make to get them back in control? This book was a work of fiction, but think of how we treat the environment now. It's not too far-fetched from, from reality. I enjoyed this thought-provoking book. It didn't want, I didn't want to put it down. Great work for James Patterson, as usual. I think when they said getting the animals back in control, they were kind of missing the point of like how yeah. horrible humanity is. But I um, look, we know there's a market for that. And I don't I really don't begrudge those people like they read books for enjoyment. This is the same way I feel when um, we were on vacation and we were somewhere and like fucking like all we had were like the local channels and like that two broke girls was on like some fucking marathon. <laughs> and I. You know, and I kept thinking, like, how is this on TV? Like, how do people watch this? How are their fans? And then I realized, like, that's just what some people like. And Zoo, apparently, is, you know, is that kind of thing. And I don't begrudge those people. They spent their eight bucks or whatever and enjoyed that book. I, I didn't. I know you didn't. So, yeah. Now they're watching Animals Gone Wild, which is probably yeah, you from, can't, like, another country you have to use You have to use a VPN to watch that <laughs> in the U.S., <laughs> This uh, this podcast brought to you by NordVPN. It, it is not brought to you by NordVPN. It, but it would be nice if a, if a VPN sponsored us. We'd like that. So if you're listening and you want to throw us some cash, we'll take it. Yeah. Or the Animals Gone Wild people could give us some money, too. Yeah, we'll take Yeah, we'll take money from take anybody it. at this yeah, point. I'm not, I'm not turning my back on money. If you're, if you're here, I know you don't listen to, to Joe Rogan, but it's great when Joe Rogan talks about how his first advertiser was the Fleshlight. Nice. And how the flashlight was like on all the podcasts, like super <laughs> early on. So every podcast you got on was the flashlight. It's a flashlight. If you're looking for, for places to hock yeah. your wares, we'll take it. That too. 
You ready for some? We got a few more to go through. So, mm-hmm. um, the title of this review is "I'm surprised the main character made it to the end." <clears throat> I'm surprised the main character made it to the end of the book. I was sure his liver and all other organs were going to disintegrate from the alcohol abuse. There is a story and an attempt at humor and an old school noir vibe. Go ahead and call, call chime in. It's Frank Sinatra in a blender. Yeah. But I became so engrossed in the amount of liquor consumed and the unbelievable ability of the main character to function that I lost interest in the story. That is a one one star review of Frank Sinatra in a blender. And see, that sounded like a very favorable review. <laughs> I was, if you would have said that was a four star review, yeah. I wouldn't have like, I, yeah, like I, yeah, that book was great. I love that book. Yeah. All right. All right. Up next. I uh, want you to know I have that 100% missed any of these so far. I've got a half point on oh, Robopocalypse, yeah. but I've gotten hope, all of them. Well, I hope I hope some of them get harder. Um, we'll see all if right. this one throws you. The title of the review is Utter Trash. The movie was entertaining, but this reads like a retarded serial killer's Groundhog Day. Describing... <laughs> describing... <laughs> Now you know why I chose this review. <laughs> Describe expensive 80s outfits, torture women, children and animals, rinse and repeat, save yourself the stomach cramps. American Psycho. That's fucking amazing. <laughs> I give that review five goddamn stars. <laughs> All right. You're over the next one? That, that This is why I wanted to do this, because yes. those fucking gems are out there. We just have yep. to find them. That's correct. This next one uh, you should get. Um, the title of the review is Four Stars. And here is the review. A decent read. Oh, Irvine Welsh, a decent ride. I thought it was too clever to pass up. I was like, yeah, yeah it's a little on yeah. the nose, but. Yeah, I liked it. Yep. <clears throat> Ready for the next one? Yes. The title of this is Awful. This was the worst book I ever read. Didn't make any sense and as so unrealistic, but not in a fascinating or intriguing way. Protagonist was super creepy and not in a good, scary way. Lots of sex, cannibalism, gay stereotypes, assault, rape, all very offensive. Only reason writing this bad review is so Amazon stops putting the author on my recommended list. (laughs) I actually bought this by accident as wanted to read a book with a similar name, which was supposed to be good, called the title by a different author. Cannibalism. Was there actual cannibalism in the book? I don't remember well enough to say yes or no. God damn it. Can you give me their description of the book again? The gay stereotypes, Uh, cannibalism part. Lots of sex, cannibalism, gay stereotypes, assault, rape, all very offensive. Um, and apparently there's another book with the same name that they thought they were buying. Night in the Lonesome October is probably the only thing that I can think of that we've read that could yep. fuck that person, too. I love that book. <laughs> For all those reasons. All right. You're doing very well with this one. The, the, I am doing very well with this one. The opening line one was much more more challenging. All right, yes. this next one, we've got two left. Here's the next one. The title of the review is Sad. Um, And here is the review. 
No real story, but a SJW propaganda piece really sad. The author should concentrate on a real story, more meaningful dialogue, and interesting personal interactions. Oh, here's where I'm going to have trouble. It's Chuck Palahniuk's book for sure, right? It's not. No? Oh, no. Oh, no. I thought for sure. Do you know what book I'm thinking? I can't think of what it was called. What was the last Palahniuk book we, Adjustment we did? Day? That's that one is what is first that thing that came to mind when I heard that. Um, in which case, it would be um, the only other book that I, I kind of felt the same way about. Um, and I can't think of the name of it. It's um, it was the. A- it's not the AI one. All right, I give. I give on this one then. You got the right author though. Really? Is it about which one of his books? Star Wars. Oh yeah. yeah. All right. I mean, if they thought that about that book, I don't know what they would think of <laughs> some of his subsequent books, non-Miriam Black books. We'll say. For our readers or or watchers or listeners, I guess, um, it is Aftermath, the Star Wars book by Chuck Wendig. Um, I thought you'd get that one just while well, you got the author. So, yeah, yeah, you have partial credit for that one. Here's the last one. <clears throat> this one should be probably pretty easy to get as well. Uh, the title is Crass Lowbrow Humor. I am a devout atheist, and as such, I enjoy witty and sophisticated ridicule of religions, all religions. But frankly, after enjoying the scrumptious prose of Gore Vidal in Live from Golgotha, this book is simply repetitive juvenile swill. Avoid like a church pamphlet handed out at a parade. And I just realized we didn't review this book. <laughs> All right. Well, that, that's going to make it that's going to broaden the horizons of books that I can. Um, is it lamb? Yeah, is that it's lamb? Yeah. All right. All right. I'm going to take a, a fucking full point for that. So I missed um, one and a half, I guess. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I have eight and a half. So one and a half. I missed the Wendig book, and then I'll take a half point for Robopocalypse. The fact that we didn't review Lamb, I mean, and I still got I it. I just got, I, I just like the review so I mean, much. Cl- yeah. No, that's... Um, As, I don't... Again. This part... Fuck this beginning. As a devout, I am a devout atheist, and as such, I enjoy witty and sophisticated ridicule of religions. That's not what atheism like. You're just, you're just not. You just don't believe in God. Well, that's okay. So I don't want to get on a on a tangent about. <laughs> it does seem to me that atheists a lot that particular type of atheist. So I don't want to lump all atheists in this group. Are kind of like the CrossFit people. They're the ones that probably start everything they say with as a devout atheist, as if that defines yeah. them as a person. Yeah. And I know there are people that religion defines, and I, I'm not a religious person, and you know that, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't define myself by not being religious. So, yeah. I, uh, and Lamb was adorable. I mean, I, just, I, I, I thought it was I nice. Felt a little for, I felt a little for Christopher Moore when he said that he, you know, he already suffers from I like this book, but not as much as I like Lamb, because yeah. I, yeah, I, I mean, that's yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I just thought um, it was interesting that like he's also getting fucking attacked by the atheists like he can't take, he can't get a break. Yeah, it's uh, 
That's unfortunate. That was a lot of fun. I'm really glad both of these games were a lot of fun. I'm really I'm really glad you came up with them. And I realize that if we do this again, like the field gets narrower, like we have less books yeah, to pick time. from. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but that was that was a lot of fun. I, I enjoyed that. I actually came up with a third game that I didn't have time to prepare. I had time, but I just chose not to. I was I decided to be lazy instead. But I came up with a third game that I thought would be interesting as well. Um uh, called like who tweeted it where basically I would find a uh, tweet from an author and read it to you. And then you'd have to tell me what author tweeted it. That is, um, that one might be a little tougher than what we just did, but I imagine it'd also be authors we've reviewed. So that would also narrow the playing field a yeah. little bit. Yeah. You'd have to be familiar with them. So, yeah. um, yeah. So I thought that could be fun too, because, um, the author's personality outside of their work um, there's a lot to that, whether it makes them l- like less appealing or it adds like a, a whole different flavor to them. Um, so, yeah. I, you know, we've, so we've danced around that subject on the podcast, I feel quite a bit, but there is that thing, man. There's that thing nowadays. It's not exclusive to authors, but I mean, any celebrity, right? Like, I don't know, like I could appreciate that a celebrity, um, has an opinion they want to share, but it's almost like that opinion. And we can go back to this religion thing, right? So if you're going to get on um, and, and be either super pro-Christianity or super atheist, like either way, you're alienating a segment of your audience. And I mean, if you're an actor or an author, a musician, a basketball player, whatever, I appreciate that people have their opinions, but I wonder if they realize like when they do that, that they can alienate part of their audience. So, and, and I, whichever way you want to go, right. So either you're a celebrity wearing a MAGA hat or you're an author, um, um, tweeting, uh, something ultra left wing or whatever. I just don't know how smart that is for someone who makes their living dependent on the goodwill of other people. And when I say goodwill, they're buying a product, but they're buying that product out of goodwill. Mm-hmm. So when you talk about people making statements that make uh, make uh, that endear you to them or whatever the opposite of that would be, I guess I had a little bit of wine. But um, <laughs> like, I, I just wonder how smart that is to do. I've been thinking about that lately, and um, I'm going to do a parallel to um, the, the beer industry really quick. Um, breweries in general, if you think about it there's maybe a handful of ingredients that go into beer and there's maybe a handful of ways that you can create it. So a lot of the popularity of bill beer, bill, I don't know what that means. Bill, bill too. Bill, there's only so much that goes into bill. This probably applies to bill too. A lot of the popularity of beer comes on like, um, like just like it's uh, like reputation and stuff. So it comes down to goodwill. Like, are you creating um, a presence that makes people feel good and that makes people want to buy your stuff so goodwill is a very tangible marketable when it comes to um selling to a customer base and so yeah when you're too off the handle about shit whether you're right or wrong or whatever like it could like you said alienate at least part of your um peep your people um but that doesn't mean like it's tricky because like if you just have no opinion about anything then you're just kind of a blank space as well. So it's like, how do you put yourself out there as 
just a dude. Like, like, like I think we do a good job of being pretty neutral on stuff as a podcast. Like we have opinions about things, but we like to, to look at things as, Hey, there's a, there's a, there's an argument on both sides. This is where we personally land, but we respect the fact that other people are going to feel differently about stuff instead of just saying like, Oh, guess what? You people are a piece of shit. Like we tend to not do that. Yeah. Yeah. And as a business, I'm not saying us as a business, because if there's one thing we're clearly not as business people, (laughs) but as a, you know, specifically we're talking about authors, but this would extend to, you know, rock bands or or actors or directors or or whatever. Like there are people who are going to make their decision with dollars based on the things that you feel you need to say on Twitter. Yeah, dude. So I would think, yeah, that if it was me, I would keep my mouth shut. This is not a, a personality of any type, like a public personality or, or a celebrity or anything, but like someone that I know posted. Oh, Adam from Oshkosh po- uh, uh, made a couple comments. He said, hey, guys, the trick is identifying your brand and your market. So a friend of mine, someone who I work with um, who lives in California, who is very opinionated on stuff when um, – this COVID-19 thing started happening, posted on social media and said, if you um, basically like if you're not in the healthcare industry or um, like you work in the, like grocery stores and, you're, and your employer makes you work, they are awful and criminals or something like that. Like it was very um, it was very over the top. Like he basically mm-hmm. said, like, if you don't do these two things. And your boss expects you to go to work, you're uh, like you're a terrible person and you're a criminal or something. And so just to play devil's advocate, I commented on his thing saying truck drivers, um, you know, uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. If you work for the fire department, you're like, you know, there's like a dozen different things that I listed. And his response was, um, am I expected to list every single job to make my point? And I said, if you're calling people disgusting, yeah, you kind of do. And then he erased the entire yeah. post. And it's like yeah. there are uh, layers and there's there's like nuance to an argument. And if you're just going to say something sure. so over the top, you should expect people to have a negative reaction. Like you have to really think about what you're saying before you put it out there. I agree. And, and realistically, first of all, I want to say um, Adam from Oshkosh, whose legs don't work, says booked has locked up the horror racist demo. And that's all we really <laughs> wanted when we set out to do this podcast. So thank you, Adam, for having polled, apparently, all the horror racists. And uh, thank you, horror racists, for listening. Who, who are who who's he referring to? I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you after the pot. I know. I'll tell you. Is after it, the wait, pod. is that who gave this, us that? Is that who gave us that money? Mm, I mean, you know, uh, anyway, about that later, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, the other thing that strikes me just while we're on the subject is I don't know about you. So I'm flat out going to ask you, has a Facebook argument ever changed your mind on anything? <laughs> uh, only in as much as uh, in responding in an argument, I've realized that I have to be careful with how I present my argument kind of like along the lines of what I was just saying. Like it's, so you've gotten better. You've gotten better at firming up your own point. That's yeah. That's what that's sharpened my knife. Um, no. And honestly, like, I don't think that social media should ever be 
a platform for discourse. Like it should be a place to save, sh- share information and do like kind of harmless things. But like, you're not, yeah, you're not changing the world. Hearts and minds are not being moved by your tweets. That's, uh, that's true. Yeah. That's very, very true. And that, that's, that's my point. And I've said this to people that I'm close to. I'm like, why are you even fucking arguing with this person? Like, what do you think this is going to accomplish? Like you might get that zinger in where you're like, Oh, I really, I really told hey, you haven't changed anybody's mind. Like, like you should do what I did that one time. I don't remember where the con- the conversation ended up being, but, um, I think it was when we were talking about, um, why reviewers shouldn't tag people in their negative reviews. I think that's what it was. And instead of replying to a conversation on social media, I stopped myself and I took it to the podcast where I have a hundred percent control over the conversation. Um, so if you ever think, Hey, I have an opinion that I think is valuable to people. Don't type it in Facebook or don't tweet it. Start a podcast, make your, make your point, walk away, and see what happens. Maybe that's a terrible idea. I don't know. For sure. Hello, Alyssa. What's up, Liz? Alyssa says hi. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> With a big smile. Yeah, face. I mean that's that's yeah, and and I don't I don't feel nearly as uh, aggrieved when. You know, I watch a YouTube video and someone has an opinion that I don't agree with. Like they're using their platform to make a statement. And we do that every week, not necessarily about political or economical things. Right. We do it about books. And then once in a while we wander into this weird kind of category. Um, but somebody posts something and, you know, they're posting for the likes. Right. They're posting for this. And then someone else has to come in there and give them their two cents, which isn't going to change anyone's mind. And then. There's like a polarizing effect. So you're going to have, I'm going to just say 50-50, right? You're going to have the people who agree with your statement. You're going to have the people that disagree with your statement. And all it does is you jumping in on someone else's statement to disagree with them, especially dependent on how you do it, just polarizes that other 50% further against you and vice versa. Yeah. So it's like like this weird cycle of bullshit that I don't understand why people participate in it. It just encourages delineation, I think, more than anything. So, like, one thing I'll say is that, like, at least from a political perspective, me and Livius are pretty opposed. <laughs> but we have a common thought that, like, I respect what Livius thinks. And mm-hmm. um, I'm going to be um, – what's the word I'm thinking of? Uh, courteous <laughs> when he's yeah. expressing an opinion for the most part. Yeah, and I the agree. Same, and it goes each way. Yep. We let – the fact that we are friends and that we care about each other um, come first before any kind of political or, or whatever disagreement. And because of that, he lets me talk my shit and Mm -hmm. maybe he, you know, maybe that has an impact on his perspective. I let him talk his shit and it has an impact on my perspective. And because of that, we probably have a better understanding and we respect each other still. Mm -hmm. I I mean, and I, I, I don't, I'm not saying this directly about you, but basically what it comes down to is that friends can allow their friends to be boneheads too. Like, you know what I mean? And not like cut them out of their lives because their opinion doesn't fit with, with what's, you know, with what your opinion is. So I, I don't, there was a dude that me and you worked with, um, uh, when we worked together (laughs) and he was this little dude named Steve. And he wore, I believe he wore cowboy boots. Do you know who I'm talking about? Steve yeah, he, he definitely wore cowboy boots. That I know dude, exactly what you're talking about. That dude was way Republican. But every time we talked, 
we respected each other. And I wanted to hear his perspective on things and he wanted to hear mine so that we understood more than just one side of the argument. And it was like one of the most respectful, it's probably more respectful than I was talking to people who agreed with me because we weren't saying the same thing back and forth to each other. We were actually trying to understand each other. So yeah, I agree. I don't remember if I ever, I mean, I, I knew him and I talked to him a lot. I don't remember if we ever had any discussions that would go like that direction, you know, but yeah, yeah, he was a cool guy. The cowboy boots were a dead giveaway. He He actually wound up going to work. I'm not going to say it, but for my direct competitor, you'll know what I mean. (laughs) Clicking and clacking down the aisles. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I, I'm going to assume he's no longer there, but yeah, that's, yeah. That's funny. Uh, All right. I'm glad that, that was the Amazon view discussion got into a little bit of, uh, I mean, I think that was apolitical. Like, I know we were talking a little bit and it wasn't just politics because there are economic issues and there are um, cultural issues and stuff that come up. So, I mean, that that would extend, I think, to all of those things. I think politics is for uh, on the forefront of most of our minds currently. But, yeah. dude. Let's not get into COVID-19 debates. Can I tell you, I've been watching some shit on fucking on. Yeah. Yeah. I just, at this point, I'm just rooting for COVID-19. Like just wipe us out, man. Just do it. Get it over with everybody. Go have orgies on the beach and die. Um, That's me being kind of funny, but that's because that's a terrible thing to say. But um, uh, yeah, let's not get into that. You're muted again. I think. Wow. I am muted. Um, I'm <laughs> slurping my wine and vaping. Um, listen, COVID-19 is working out great for some people. Like, I know some people <laughs> who are fucking enjoying the shit out of this this quarantine situation. So It's um, working for me. me. Did yeah, I tell I you? Got... Wait, do you, do you want your bad news or my good news first? Because I have oh, some I good would, news. I would much rather have your good news. Um, I am. So I went down a pant size. A couple months ago, like I, I lost weight, so I went down a size in pants, and um, those pants are starting to feel loose. They were starting to feel loose the other day, and I was like, "What the hell's going on?" And I keep going to the wrong belt hole, like the one further than the one I usually belt hole to. And so I got on the scale, and I'm the I'm the lowest weight I've been. Like it's the weight that I got down to a bunch of times over the years. Um, but it's like my it's my low threshold over the last probably decade. So I'm like back down to my low. So Dude, that's so first of all, fantastic. Second of all, I'm surprised um, just in that a lot of people are sitting around not doing much. I know you said you were doing some exercising and stuff. I believe you mentioned it on a podcast a couple of weeks ago. But good yeah. for you, because I got to tell you, if I didn't have to fucking get up, I would be like I got up like on my feet twice today. And that's because I had to use the washroom. <laughs> and like the third time I didn't even bother. Uh, that would be that would be me. And that would... um, Alyssa says uh, happy she gets to work from home, which um, there are a lot of people who love working from home. But then there's the other people who hate working from home. I don't know what's wrong with those people because I could totally do my job from home. Although I imagine my job would then consist of reading books and playing video games and not actually working. I don't know if I would do very well with working from home on a. I, I've ended up on both sides um, where um, I've got up, you know, I get up at, you know, seven thirty, eight o'clock and I'm fully dressed and sitting in front of the computer and like ready to go um, to, to have a productive well, there's, day. There's a reason for that. 
I don't want to say too much, but you're kind of required, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, in, in a way. Yes. Be, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But there's other days where, so like if there's like something, so I have to be on calls in the morning. I think that's what you're referring to. Yes. Um, there's other days where I'm just like, well, I'm not going to put the video on. And I lay in bed listening to people talk, um, you know, in my pajamas or whatever. So uh, I've had both ways where it's like, oh, I'm just going to like be lazy all day. And other days where it's like, I'm going to be the productive person and do the right thing and follow a, 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 a structure. And the structure way is is the right way to do it. But I don't always get all the way to the structure. See, I say that I would be lazy and not do my work, but I think if my continued work from home was dependent on how I did that work, I definitely think that I could do it. If it was this um, pandemic situation where I'm like, ah, fuck, this is going to be for like six weeks or whatever, I'd be like, ah, fuck this. And I do is the minimal possible. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But if, if my continued ability to not have to go to work was dependent on that. I think I could do the same thing where I'd get up, I'd shower, I'd, I'd get dressed, I, you know, yeah. and, and, and do my job like to the best of my abilities out of fear that if I didn't, I would have to go back to doing my job the way I do my job currently. So I think that would be motivation enough. But yeah, on a limited time frame, like like what you're going through now where you know you're going to be going back to work in the upcoming weeks, um, I'd probably fuck off a lot. Well, the interesting thing, and this is where it's going to get weird is – I am a lower priority to go back into the office. So we're going to reopen the office or the store. I guess everybody knows I work in a store <laughs> store is going to reopen and I am not going to come back right away. And it's just to kind of keep the like minimum number of people in the building, mm. like to control the spread of whatever, blah, blah, blah. So there's no real reason for me to go back. So it might be a month two, three cool. months before I actually end up back working with other people. But business is going to be back to usual, so I might have to be more available to mm -hmm. inter interact. So sure. I might have to like be basically on call, regardless of the work I'm doing within office hours, yeah. regardless of what's going on. So it'll be interesting. I'll probably have to shape up a little bit is what I'm getting at in a roundabout way. <sighs> that creates like a fucking weird – I don't know if hierarchy is the right word. That will create – um some bad feelings because there are those people that have to be at work that will fucking hate you and the other people who don't, I can tell you this absolutely 100% positively Dude, on, on the way out. It was before we were even, right, I'm going to acknowledge. First of all, Liz said she's always in her jammies. I'm assuming she means like when she's working from home um, or maybe in life, maybe she's driving to the store jammies. Um, and that she's the same kind of with me as far as like sometimes good, sometimes bad. But um, even as we were on our way out the door because of this. Um, so when it was first proposed that people work from home to have less people in the store. That literally people were saying, yeah, that's not fair to us who don't have a choice but to be in the store. And it's like, great. But you understand that me not being here is one less person that could make you sick who doesn't have a choice of where they work. Like, it's not that I'm trying to get a, like, it's, <laughs> it's not that I get a, something you don't. <laughs> the story that I go back to whenever this comes up is, and I, I don't know how much you follow news, maybe more now that like you're at home a lot, Yeah. but there was a woman who 
was very excited. She owned several, I think it was like tanning salons and spas, like that type of business. I'm not exactly sure. It might also have been like hair and whatever, who was very excited that she was able to obtain the small business loan that the government gave, mm-hmm. which basically said like, you could pay your employees, even if they're at home, you just have to prove that all the money that you've gotten was paid out in payroll. And then you don't have to pay this loan back. So you couldn't just use it to buy more product or, or whatever. Right. And her employees were fucking furious because they would get more on unemployment because of the added $600 per week or yeah, whatever. Yeah. That's the type of person that's that doesn't say, hey, I'm super happy that I've got a job still. Uh, in your case, with people who had to stay in the workplace. Or just saying, like, this is really cool. Like, I'm getting paid to be at home. It was, I could get more money. If you didn't get, do you you get what I'm saying? So those people exist and they're everywhere. And there are other people who are very happy to just be working, like to, to be able to continue to work and know that that place of employment will be there for them after this is all over. Cause had that woman have not gotten that loan, who knows, you know what I'm saying? Like if her business would survive enough, I I don't know. It's, it's, it's a weird thing. I mean, it's people, right? So there's going to be 50 different reactions to every stimulus um, you know, it's everything that happens and there are those people and yeah, people will fucking hate you, dude. If you work from home for three more months, I can tell you that you will that's, not be a popular yeah. guy around the water cooler when you go back to work. That's, and that's going to be the case, which is, there's nothing I can do, do about that. Like there's no, so that's what I'm looking at. Um, but it's, it's got its own different side to things. Like I'm not saying that I'd rather be out helping customers because I absolutely would not. But like the last time I had any in-person interaction with a person for any amount of time outside of like the Starbucks drive-through or whatever was when I went and visited you, yeah. which is it has to be two months ago by now, right? Or, um, uh, almost like it. probably yeah. about probably about six weeks, yeah. So um, like, I haven't talked to a person in person in that long. Like I have no personal interaction at all. In my experience, the majority of people that are going out and having in-person interactions are not the sharpest knives in the drawer. That's what I'll tell you. you so I, again, I have no fear of going. Like, I'm, I have to be around people all day. So for me to go to the grocery store is not a big, like, I don't, whatever. Like, here, here's where I'm at with this thing. I've either already caught it. Or I'm not going to like, that's really, I mean, I've had enough exposure to enough people that I can't like it. It's, it'd be ridiculous for me to think that I have not been exposed at, at this point. So I'm like, whatever, I can go stand in line at the Meyer and, and get some soda or whatever. Like, I don't care. It's a, it's a little frustrating wearing the, the face covering. I know we started the podcast with, uh, with the face coverings. Right. Um, mostly because I have to wear this probably five to six hours a day. If I calculate the times where I'm off, you know, uh, out of customer view, not around people where I flip it down or just take it off altogether. For example, if I'm in my office for 20 minutes responding to emails, it it comes off. Um, So that's the most frustrating thing is that when I'm off work, that I have to breathe into that thing for for an additional 25 minutes because I'm at the Walgreens standing six feet away from the person in front of me. Um, I, I just I, I hope it's all over soon. I think that um, I think the evidence is there. I think the numbers um, are there. The data indicates that we likely overreacted. And I hope that the people in charge um, realize that and kind of speed up the, the process to get people back to normal. So, 
I'm going to make a begrudging, I'm going to begrudgingly acknowledge um, the prescience of a book that we have talked about a couple of times tonight now. Um, that's the book Zoo. So if you remember at the end of the book Zoo, um, they figure out what's going on. They find a way to combat it, uh, which means like you're not driving your cars. You're not using electronics more than you need to and stuff. And people start getting like um, uh, excuse excused out of out of that restriction. Mm-hmm. Like if you're a, a if you're a politician, you can drive your Hummer, like that kind of shit. And basically, yeah. it's like um, the the people finding excuses to not do the thing that they have to do in order to survive. And um, there's there's regardless of like w- whether it's needed or not, there has definitely been a lot of that going on, like um, where people have allowed the the circumvention of of protocol for kind of ridiculous mm. reasons so yeah i mean whatever two trains of thought on this and again much like we were saying earlier you and i may not fall on the same uh, on the same thing um i don't know it, it is what it is i i just you know like anything sometimes you worry about that you're doing more harm than good and there is the large swath of the, the the population that thinks that like there can only be so much in stimulus money that's sent out before the dollar is worthless. And that doesn't matter if you've been getting a paycheck, if your paycheck has little to no value. So let's say we do six months of twelve hundred bucks a month or whatever from the government. The dollar will be worthless at the end of that six months, which we can say, hey, we saved. I don't know however whatever number of lives we saved for that. But we crush others in its wake like there it, it, it's not as simple um as saying open everything up or keep everything closed like there's there's no there's no right answer to this there are only one might be better than the other or a series of decisions that that um, impact um things more proportionately than i think we're impacting them now or than we impact if we say hey let's all go to the movies tomorrow afternoon like i'm not i'm not in favor of that either you know what i mean but there's got to be some kind of barrier that that you know that that evens things out a little bit that's it so for me that's um like realistically there are people that are like there's a level of necessity for like being in public like I could realistically, they could be like, Rob, we get it. Like the way that you contribute to society, you don't necessarily have to be out in public for the foreseeable future. You stay indoors longer. These other people, maybe they go back sooner. I don't know. Like the nice thing is I don't have to fucking figure that out because I can choose to stay at home for as long as I, as I want. Basically, I don't have the burden is not on me, which is great. Like, uh, I can just be like, yeah, I can stay at home. I have the benefit of having money coming in and avoiding all these fucking sick assholes. And that's what I'm going to do. I am ready to start randomly um, searching Facebook by profession and just asking which hairstylist is running like a bootleg operation out of their fucking basement. That's where I'm at. (laughs) Um, I did at one point recently think, oh, man, I could go for it like a, a professional beard trim. Um, but I, 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 the unprofessional, because I haven't had human contact in months, the unprofessional beard trim is fine for now. Dude, what is, have you, okay. So it is again, highly personal question. Have you been on the dating apps at all? I mean, just oh, yeah. that, like, yeah, yeah. look. 
it's shit's still going right like motherfuckers are still swiping left it's, and right and i'm gonna tell you that it's such it's like a weird moment because like a lot of the things that i'm seeing of people who have updated since like this is, has started is like hey let's talk till this is all over like it's it's much more of a transition <laughs> to um so basically you haven't fucking talked to anybody because you're like i ain't talking people fuck that yeah it's no. like if i can't if i can't see some action tonight i and mm. i'm gonna tell you what like the last the last person i met through a dating app i really captured lightning in a bottle kind of like i don't expect i'm find... i'm familiar with the situation so my nodding is i agree <laughs> so it's just it's it's not gonna be and and so like you take the fact that like it was such a good situation and you combine it with the fact that like the world is effectively falling apart. Um, it, I have no, no hopes for recreating that situation. Oh, Liz says she heard of people doing first dates via zoom, which is safer anyway, I guess from a woman's perspective, that's the thing. And I talked about that before. Like there's a safety, there's the safety of like not getting a fucking disease, like a virus that's floating around that has no current cure. Um, but also the safety of not getting like kidnapped and, and murdered, yeah. um, which is something that I historically have never um, had to think about. Uh, but yeah, I guess a Zoom first date sounds like the lame. If someone was like, yeah, let's Zoom, I'd be like, let's just wait or not. I would, yeah, I would... exactly. Um, I, I will say that your last encounter, if we're talking about the same one, and I think we are. I was worried about you maybe getting kidnapped, but that's, you know, whatever. No kidnapping. Yeah. There are worse, there are worse ways to go, I guess is all I'm, all I'm saying there. Um, yeah, I just, I, I think it's interesting cause that is such a, I think that a lot of people who participate in dating apps or, or whatever, it's a big part of their life. And it seems like that would be, um, really shut down. Kind of like if you said, I really only like watching movies in a movie theater. Like that's uh, uh, Jake Hinkson, for example, <laughs> he posts like once a week, right? He's at the music box watching yeah. whatever, like 60 year old movie. Yeah. Like he's got to be a little depressed, like somebody who might spend two hours a day on a dating app, looking at different or responding to different messages or looking at different potential um, dates or, or whatever, that that industry got shut down pretty hard. I think that, and yeah, and well, and now that I'm thinking about it, like I have traditionally had the thought of, I, I feel like I come off better in person with my personality and my charm than I do through like writing words. So there might be something to that whole Zoom meeting and Liz makes a good point. She's never been raped via Zoom. Very happy to hear that. Um, and that that's a good point. Um, but now I'm terrified that once this whole COVID-19 thing is over, that zoom first dates become like a regular, <laughs> like that's for some fair. reason, that's a horrifying idea to me. Like just bite the bullet and go, go to a public place and talk. It's so, so fucking weird. Listen, I want this to be over. Cause I want to hear more, more, um, Tinder stories from you. <laughs> so plenty of fish or Christian mingle or whatever the fuck you're on. <laughs> um, cause they're yeah, always harmony. fucking, yeah, they're always very entertaining. Did you just flex on eHarmony? Was that a was that a full out like look at these guns eHarmony? No, was, was that just, all right? I was, I was okay, stretching. I all right, all right. Just checking. I screenshot that and I'm gonna upload it to your Tinder profile because I'm <laughs> guessing you use the same password used for everything else. Oh my god! So 
It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be too hard for me to get into. <laughs> Can you just post this? Yeah, Rob's like, hold on, let me change some passwords real quick because this motherfucker Fuck. figured it all out. I've probably drunkenly given you my passwords to stuff in the past, anyway. Perhaps I will never. I will never tell. All right. Anything else you wanna you wanna go over? We're at we're at the two hour mark, my man. Um, Liz says I'm for sure on Christian Mingle. Um, that's only because they like to take advantage of naive women. Rob's that's Rob's <laughs> Christian Mingle Rob's Christian Mingle profile starts as as a devout atheist. Yeah, <laughs> I love to make fun of. Yeah, um, I'm shocked that we went two hours on this. I thought that like it would be like an hour and change with like and only aided by the fact that I had two games planned ahead of time. So, uh, and I apologize. So one of the things I want to acknowledge that's just been fucking driving me nuts is when I listen to a podcast and all they do is talk about the fucking pandemic. Like it, it, it's I turn it off. I just can't yeah. like, I agree. And, and we talked about it. So we went there, uh, hopefully not too much. Um, hopefully not in a way that turned anybody off. Listen, nobody's talking about the pandemic and dating apps. So <laughs> I mean, let's face it. That's a good point. I've, I I've gotten that way about the news, which I do watch pretty regularly. And it's, yeah, it's just like, how can you watch? I know um, Pritzker just said he's going to like weekly, um, whatever pandemic updates, because I, I wound up watching like three days in a row. And I was like, literally, there's nothing they said today that they didn't say yesterday. Right. So whatever. At any rate, what's on the viewing agenda for this week? Let's go that route. What are you what are you excited about watching? Not Penny Dreadful. <sighs> That's on tonight. It's already been on. It's Sunday, right? Yeah. 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 I watched it. It's not getting any better. Um, mm. so I did a thing. I was like, maybe it's just me. And everybody else is loving this. So Penny Dreadful was one of those, the original series was one of those shows that if you just searched on YouTube, you'd find reviews, people talking about the plots and stuff like that. I've found two independent YouTube channels that have put up a review of one of the episodes. Otherwise, every search for Penny Dreadful on YouTube is a Showtime YouTube channel. That's surprising because I was watching um, I was watching a guy who occasionally touches on um, TV shows, and that's mostly when I watch his channel. Um, but he was talking about the ratings for one of the shows I watched dropping um, drastically. And what, what was in that part wasn't interesting because the show has really kind of taken a dive. But what was interesting is he was talking about how many shows are setting records for viewership because people are at home. Right. And they're watching stuff live because they're at home. So even the shows that he's talking about, I watched two, three days later from the DVR or on Hulu or you know what I mean? So it's um, I'm surprised that a Showtime original doesn't have even if the reviews are shitty, because there are those shows that just review Doctor Who from this last season as a perfect example. There are probably no less than two dozen people that reviewed every Doctor Who episode with a let's see how bad this week's episode is. Yeah. And that was their slant. So it wasn't just like, let's review this because we love it. It was like, let's see what they did wrong this week. And then it was, you know, 20 minute yeah. videos. So. Well, that's the one that I did find was basically the guy confirmed everything I didn't like about the pilot was his exact opinion. And I was like, all right, well, I'm not the only person. I might not be, mm -hmm. that might not be the only view, but like, at least I'm not the only one who yeah. had that feeling. Well, a couple thoughts I have on that. Um, first of all, pilots are notoriously bad. It's so rare that I find a pilot that I'm super into. I'll, I'll give you a great example. 
when I first watched, I'll give you two examples. When I first watched The Shield, it was highly recommended to me. The whole first season was out already. I went and rented it at Blockbuster Video on like a, you know, <laughs> where you rent like episodes one, two, three, and four, like on one disc. And I watched it. I just couldn't care less. And then I got to the end of that first episode where they killed a cop. And I was like, holy shit. So if I would have just said, all right, I watched half an hour of this and I really couldn't fucking care less and turned it off, I wouldn't have enjoyed what ultimately has been one of my favorite shows over the last few years. The same thing goes for the TV show 24. Um, I watched the first three episodes, really wasn't into it. Someone else had told me about it. I said, fine. I watched the first three episodes again because it had been a while and kind of got to that same point. And then it was episode four that really grabbed me. So maybe episode four of penny dreadful is is the one this season the problem is there's knowing penny dreadful there's only like eight or ten episodes so you right. gotta get like halfway into the season to, yeah. to figure out you don't like it which well i made the choice i made the choice to uh follow through the whole season just to, to kind of create to have an have a full opinion on what what it what it was um so I'm going to stick it out unless something just, but it did something. Are you watching it? Is there something I can spoil for you? I've, I've seen nothing. All right. Of it. You plan to, can I say something? You could probably say something if the reviews are that bad. I can't imagine I'm going to. All right. So anybody who's trying not to spoil the third episode for themselves, because they haven't watched it. The one that just came out today. Um, they do a thing where like the, the, the politician guy who's like kind of the bad guy, uh, they reveal that he's a closeted homosexual. And it's just like, oh, come on. Like, it's just a obvious, like, we need something that could jeopardize his career. So let's make him a like a like a gay hating closeted homosexual. And it was just so it seems like that and the and the criticisms criticisms i'm seeing for the series fall along the same lines of um it's not a well-researched story it relies a lot on generalizations and stereotypes to kind of like fill in the um like the the details of 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 the story and so it's just one more thing where it's like oh could you have done anything a little bit different that we haven't seen over and over again that's um that's unfortunate I mean, look, I wasn't thrilled about Penny Dreadful, like using the name for another show that's not related. And the reason I say that is because there are three episodes, three seasons of Penny Dreadful. American Horror Story from the very get go said each season is its own story. So you go, okay, so I'm going to get 18 episodes or whatever it is of a story along the same lines. You can expect the same type of horror, uh, horror racists, as Adam said earlier, to to tune into this, right? Um, When you go three seasons, I thought, well, there's a fucking odd choice to do effectively a fourth season that's completely different from the other three. That, That struck me as a little bit odd and maybe a little bit of a name grab you know like like um capitalizing on the name of something that that ultimately was pretty good um to to get people to tune in so i don't i don't know that that struck me as an odd decision for a studio or whatever to make whatever you call the people who make the the thing um you should try normal people only in that like give it an hour which would probably be like two and a half episodes because they're all like 25 to 35 minute episodes i'd be curious to see if you enjoy that what i will say is there are some characters that are overwritten 
And there are some things that were probably edited out. As I listen to the audiobook. there's a little bit of backfiller that makes things make a little more sense than I initially thought they did. But I'd be really curious to see what you think of it, because it's the best thing I've seen in a lot, the best new thing I've seen in, in quite some time. I really enjoyed it. Nice. Very nice. Anything else before we ra- I can go another hour. I just don't know if we have the content. So I'm not I'm not necessarily <laughs> looking to get off. So I mean we could always just like shut off the public and continue talking. That's always uh, oh that is the thing. Wanna, do we want to talk about like uh do we want to promote ourselves a little bit? Like do the, sure. Do the job. We always want to do that. So yeah. one thing that um I've been thinking about lately, this is a, a half formed thought, is that um one of the avenues to exposure um, for, oh, Liz says it would be rude if we continue talking after we shut off the, the stream, but, um, we could call you, we could, we could, we could, uh, do that. What's it? Zoom. We could zoom you. <laughs> what was I trying to say? Oh, one of the avenues for exposure for a podcast is, um, something we've literally never asked anybody to do, um, but is actually super helpful for exposure. And that is, um, getting ratings on iTunes or ratings on any platform really. So like iTunes, uh, or Apple podcasts, I guess, whatever. Um, they have a, an algorithm where the more ratings you have, the more exposure you get, like you get, you know, um, access to like you get, you show up in lists and stuff like that. So like actually having ratings on iTunes helps us get to more people. So if you haven't in the 10, almost, I'm sorry, nine plus years that we've been doing this podcast, that's like a super easy, like 10 second way to actually get us more exposure to people. So I don't know why we've literally never asked anybody to do that before. Um, we don't ask people to do anything, <clears throat> which, <laughs> well, which I, which, which, which I like. Um, it just occurred to me, is it, is it bad if I review us on iTunes? Cause I haven't reviewed us on iTunes. No, okay. I haven't either. We okay. both should. <laughs> like, yeah, that's... definitely. Should. They'll be like, there's a 2,000% increase in reviews for this podcast because yeah. me and you went in. We have a 4.5 out of 5 star rating, and I think we've got about 35 reviews. But, like, we should probably have several hundred by now considering we've been doing the podcast so long. So, um, it's just we're not pushy people. We don't we – don't, <clears throat> we're not trying to no. use you to, like, advance our goals. We just do this because we like it. But <laughs> – we use you guys as an excuse to keep doing yeah, this. It's we, the worst than, than what you like said. assuage our boredom more than anything, really. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's an easy thing to do. Go to like the podcast, go to your podcast app or whatever, and just fucking rate us. Like you don't even have to write words; just choose the number of stars, five being the best. But um, yeah, why not? Why not do that? Yeah, but I will tell you, if you use your name, there's a good chance that you'll get one of us being like, hey, thank you so-and-so for that wonderful review. I will say that the last time I looked, I do believe that Adam, whose legs don't work, has left us a review on on, uh, Apple Podcasts. So thank you, Adam, whose legs don't work. You're the bomb, bro. So there's that. And I think that I'm going to start bringing that up at least somewhat regularly. Um, But the other thing is we have a Patreon. And um, Livius... Me and Livius are on the on the verge of solidifying updating the Patreon. Um, what do you call that? Tiers uh, of contribution and stuff. So like we have currently we have three. We're gonna kind of break it up into a little bit, and we're gonna introduce a couple new things. Can I say the things? Yeah, so what the hell? We're gonna introduce um, what a lot of people do is a Discord server where basically we can have 
Patreon exclusive access to conversations directly with us. Um, but then also we're going to try out a book club. The selling point for this book club is you're reading a book with us and the group, the book club group um, votes on what the book's going to be. So um, you don't have to read along necessarily with something that me or Livius wants to read as a group it's decided. So um, we'll be there to uh, facilitate conversation, um, but not over, not, not speak to or dictate to it's a group conversation right. that we're a part of. So it's not like we are the conversation. It's going to be a regular book club. Um, and that's going to take advantage of the discord set up as well, a separate special group, um, having access to that. Um, so those are a couple of things that we're going to be introducing to our Patreon. So things are going to get shaken up a little bit. Alyssa says it's all in, right? So Alyssa, what I can say is that if you're a Patreon contributor, you could definitely vote for the Anne Rice. I would probably vote with you. Love me some Anne Rice. I don't. I don't. Dude, Anne Rice. Anne Rice. Oh, Anne Rice is so sad because that's the thing. Anne Rice is, I think she's like 112 now, right? But her early stuff was really compelling and really good, if wordy and whatever. But the stories were solid. The Witching Hour is fantastic. You would just have to take out like the middle 300 pages. And then you have a super solid book. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the beauty of this. Like, I don't have to, it doesn't matter what I think. If the book group really wants to do witching hour, that's what you called it, right? Is that what the name yeah, of the Yeah, the witching hour. Yep, right. yep, yep. They choose it. That's what we do. And it's just, I am one of everybody in the group that talks about it. Um, and if anybody's familiar with the way that me and Livius talk about books, if we're enthusiastic about it, we talk the shit out of it. We talk it up a lot. If we didn't like it, we're a little bit more devil, you know, like, hey, this is not for me, but I understand why someone would like, like, we're a little bit more deferential about it. So we're never Mm -hmm. like, fuck this book. It's stupid. People should throw it in the toilet. We're never like that. No, but we might be reviewing a Stephanie Meyer book. So we'll see if that, (laughs) if that statement, if that statement holds up, at least for Rob. And again, who knows? Maybe I'll be looking, um, maybe if I'm not looking through Bella's eyes. Do you see how I remember like their fucking names too? Like... Twilight, bro. Twilight. That might be our first. Oh, that might be our first book for the book club. Midnight Sun. Oh my god. So anyway, Patreon. We're going to be splitting things up. We're going to make it so that there's more stuff going on. But there's also going to be more regular interaction with our patrons instead of just once a week. You see us post that we have a new episode up. There will be the opportunity for interaction and discussion. What I will say is, we traditionally have a very inactive audience there's not a lot of participation Mm -hmm. so i'm not expecting suddenly like hundreds of people showing up to do this we might have really small discussions to start out with where it's just like our core group of friends and then people join up from time to time i'm just looking forward to talking to thomas joyce really is what i'm getting at yeah (laughs) unfettered access to book podcast and um i i know rob doesn't post on social media a ton i am pretty sure that i post nothing so um (laughs) All my opinions will be available on Patreon. <laughs> oh, you know what? And that's that's sadly a fucking selling point. For some reason, people want to get Livius involved in shit. Nobody cares what I think about something. But like Patreon book picks that we've had in the past, like they've been chosen because they think Livius is going to like the book. No one cares what I think. Everybody wants Livius on board. So if you want 
direct access to Livius. Um, check out these new Patreon tiers. I'm going to be posting, I'm guessing, within the next few days. I'm going to put that. Yeah. Otherwise, we will just keep putting it off. Yeah. Alyssa, in answer to your question, I would say um, Patreon will probably be up and running within two weeks. Um, and that could be a little bit sooner than that. I'm just saying that within within two weeks is probably a safe time um, as an answer to your question. That seems like a little that seems like a long way away. I, I was that's why I said a few days. Rob I was like, Rob's a new way to get nudes for Rob. That's what he was thinking. Wait, what about nudes? I don't understand the joke. I was saying that <clears throat> like listeners maybe don't know how to get you nudes, but if they're Patreon contributors and they have direct unfettered access to you, they could just send you like a direct message. With a nude? Yeah. Oh. All right. Adam Adam from Oshkosh right now is fucking standing in his bathroom trying to get the best angle. Like he's like turning so the lighting is just right. It's happening. It's just uh it's fucking surgery scars everywhere. Thomas Joyce is going to be <laughs> mad that he's hours behind when he wakes up tomorrow morning and hasn't heard this yet. Yeah. Um, so Patreon. We'll be updating it very soon. Um, and hopefully getting a little bit more interactive with our with the audience that we have. And then trying to do stuff to build the audience as well. We're just, tr- we're just traditionally very bad at like asking people to pay attention to us we just expect people will show up if they want to um but realistically like yeah maybe we should push it a little i've been wanting to make t-shirts too so oh what would these t-shirts look like i don't know we're gonna talk about it off the air but like um (laughs) so what you're saying is you're running out of t-shirts they're starting to get holes in them you're like i need new t-shirts how do i get new new t-shirts yeah (laughs) i only have one of our modern ones and i'm wearing a classic like a 2013 probably uh, style tonight. Could, could I tell people who are listening um, or, or watching? Rob is wearing a book anthology shirt that I'm pretty sure I've never seen before <laughs> in this discussion at the beginning of the podcast. I definitely don't have one. Oh my God. And I don't think I've ever seen it before. It's on our fucking Instagram, man. I don't know how you... I'm, I'm prepping an alley t-shirt because... Every, all right. Can we talk about the alley t-shirt for a second? Because I, I have a question. Yes. Do you intentionally wear alley t-shirts when you hang out with me? Or do you always wear alley t-shirts? I have become a little minimalist in my wardrobe. And that's not that I own like four shirts or whatever. I basically have um, a couple of book shirts. I'll be honest. Most of them are a little from Livius Wade, a little bit less than, than he does now. That's oh, our, I remember that picture though. That's on yeah. Instagram, yeah. Yeah. Um I have some Coles V neck t shirts in like four colors, and then I have like four alley t shirts. <laughs> so basically your chances of seeing an alley t shirt's about fifty fifty. Um Can we um I'm gonna go on the record in front of all probably three people that are watching right now and saying I have no problem with you dipping into the Patreon money that we have saved up if you need to go expand the wardrobe a little bit. No, I um, I got to the point where I just, I don't know. Do you, do you well, minimalism, you're familiar with it, right? Well, you like, don't I can't, Marie Kondo me on this. Yeah, I can't quite get there, but I do appreciate the fact that I no longer like make choices about what I wear. 
Like I have, I have something I have to wear to work. So that's super simple. Like I have a week's worth of shirts. I've got like a week's worth of pants. So like days I work, like there's no thought involved. And then other than that, I got to the point where I was just taking the top thing off the drawer, but then I realized that that top thing was only like two days a week. So it was the same two things. <laughs> so now I've taken an approach where I take like the third thing <laughs> from the drawer to put just so I'm not wearing like the same shirt over and over. You know what I mean? So yeah, I, I, I stopped caring about clothing a long time ago. Like there was a time when I actually like legit, like thought about what I was going to wear and like my appearance. And now it's like the same two pairs of jeans and like the same, probably five or six shirts. And that's, that's kind of, that's kind of where I'm at. Well, my idea that I was having the other day, which might be a terrible one, um, where, where I said, I want to start making shirts was, um, like, like us making kind of universally, universally acceptable kind of general book theme t-shirt designs that are available. If that makes sense. So like we've got a lot of in jokes that would Mm -hmm. easily be put on t-shirts, but no one would fucking understand them or appreciate them. Mm -hmm. But we also have a knowledge of an, uh, of an industry that could translate into simple, but um, kind of universal thoughts for shirt designs. I've thought the same thing before, like they're not so much the, cause again, the podcast stuff is, you know, you'll sell five t-shirts and there's a little bit of work that goes into setting that up and stuff. And it, there's no value. It's why we don't currently have shirts available for sale, right? Like the maintenance fees and stuff don't add up to the number of shirts we are going to sell. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I agree with you like that Instagram shirt that says, um, um, I had one. I'm not saying this is an existing one, but uh, something along the lines of like, I put down a fucking book to be here. Like yeah. that is a universal like thought about people who read that's something they could wear to an event so that people yeah. can know a, that they read and b that they're kind of annoyed. They'd rather be reading a book. So yeah, yeah. I agree. And then we'll sell enough shirts where we don't have Alyssa, to work in our day Alyssa, jobs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Alyssa stopped, uh, Either stop commenting because, A, she's writing us a Apple review, an iTunes or Apple podcast review, or B, she's like, I'm totally making this fucking shirt retiring from my work at home job. Yeah. Damn it. Scooping us. I'm looking at, I'm going to Apple podcast right now just to see where we're at. 4.5 out of 5. I like that. 35 ratings. Yeah. When was the last rating? I'm going to guess it was probably 2018. It's tough to tell because like um, the just the starred one, the only ones that you see the dates for are the ones that are actually like a word. Um, like a oh, word I got gotcha. you. I see what you're saying. Yep. Um, but someone. Do you remember uh, that? Is it on iTunes? That woman that said that we were kind of sexist. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you find that one, read it. I love that one. It's my favorite review. Here's one. Um, the, the newest one uh, says big fan. It's a five star rating. I've been a fan of this podcast for years. I love how they don't always read the synopsis before reading the books, which is so true. Uh, and I have read some of the books that they have reviewed. And that is from Axe Utter. The word Axe. Thanks, Axe. Utter. If Axe, if you're, uh, if you're uh, listening, then uh, thank you. Also, Alyssa says shirt, which means she's selling our shirt right now. I'm sure it's going to show up in my Instagram feed. And then she meant sexy, probably. Yeah, she probably did. Who said she probably sexy? Did. What? I, I think Alyssa's referred that woman that called a sexist. 
Oh, which, well, which she was totally talking about me for sure. I have no doubt that it was me that that's yeah. So this is the two star review where we're, we're sexist. So well, this is we'll find out, Liz. Uh, the way they talk about women can be a little gross <laughs> from a female listener. I really like the kind of books they talk about, but I had have to unsubscribe. Sorry. She's talking about Livius. First, she's totally talking about me. It is my favorite <laughs> two star review ever. Yeah. So if that's two star review, yeah. Well, that that too, but uh, I mean, you know, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'm just trying to think of what I know. We went over this, but now I'm a little drunk. What could we have possibly? What could I have possibly said about women? You've that I would mean, be tripos- gross. Here, here's the thing. You have said some overtly offensive things with such obvious sarcasm. So that anybody listening would know that you didn't actually mean it. Like you've said hmm. stuff like women don't deserve opinions or something like that. Like, but it's obvious that you were just saying that because it was a play on whatever we were talking about. Um, but with the type of tone in your voice where it's obvious that like you didn't actually mean it, I hope. Uh- <laughs> I mean, let's not get into that publicly, but um I know I've said that a woman's never sexier than when she's holding a broom in a dustpan. I know I've said that. I don't know if I've said it on the podcast, but I <laughs> well, say it sometimes just not public, just to fucking be at like Target standing in the cleaning aisle. A woman will be picking out a dustpan and I'll be like, that looks good on you. That's so you're just, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. All right. Maybe that's what she means. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, there, well, it is quotes... what it is. We'll take it. The quotes that we have from like our in-person hangouts for like AWP and stuff, far more incriminating than anything you've ever said, uh, actually on the podcast. So we'll take that as a will, as a victory of sorts. Here's what I'll say: Rob and I had a dispute. I'm not going to get into it just because <laughs> I don't want to see Rob's blood pressure go up. We had a dispute about a word like ten minutes prior to interviewing Christopher Moore the other night. And Rob said, Oh, thank God this wasn't in the podcast. Now oh. if it came up on the podcast, I don't think this conversation would have gone any differently. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Good times. Look, I, I'm 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 a big um in all honesty, I'm a big believer in that humor is the should be not is, but should be the the equalizer in that if you're saying something with the intention of it being humorous, it shouldn't be considered as badly as if you wrote it in a fucking essay that you were uploading <laughs> as an editorial to the New York Times. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like if you're saying something in just because you think some people will chuckle, it should buy a pass. So I'm taking kind of like the comedian's credo on 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 things. And yeah, delivery sometimes um, can determine if something is funny or not. Not that we intentionally try to be funny, but there are times there are bits. I've actually written out bits for this goddamn podcast at times, and sometimes they worked. Other times, not as much. So <laughs> there you have it. Um, yeah. So give us a review on the places and give us money on Patreon, I guess, is what we're getting out of that. We're not actually yes. sexist. We are sexy, though. So I mean, sexy is half a sexist, hey, right? I'll flex, I'll flex again. There we go. Oh, look at that. Look at those guns. Look at those trim guns. I'm really excited about you, like dropping a pant size plus. So good job, yeah. man. I, uh, yeah. All right, we're going to take this conversation offline, even though somebody threw a little thumbs up. I'm guessing Alyssa's just fucking pounding the thumbs up button on her on her phone. God bless you, Alyssa. Yeah. So that's uh, it. I think, up... I think we're going to call it tonight. 
unless somebody intervenes with another question or something, we're going to go, right? Yeah, I'm just going to fucking end this. We got another thumb, probably from Melissa again. Uh, coming up soon is probably going to be some more interlude stuff. Um, we're going to hash out the whole Penny, uh, fuck, the Will Christopher Bear Kiss Me Judas thing. Um, and there it is for anybody who Livius has held it up. And book clubs, Patreon, all that stuff, it will be coming up in the upcoming weeks. So check back for that kind of stuff. Um, Liz, we love you too. Um, we love our entire audience, but especially Liz, who has commented more than anybody else. Um, so that's going to wrap it up. Until next time, I'm Rob Olson. And I'm Livia Snedden. Keep writing reviews. Five-star reviews.